Well, hello, hello, everybody, and welcome back to Trophy Talk. This is episode 78 of your favorite bi-weekly trophy hunting show. I'm your host, Colin Colhoven, joined as always by Daryl Fuimano. How you doing this morning, sir? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Full night of sleep? Well rested? Yeah, I got more than eight hours of sleep, so I feel really good today. I had a good breakfast, I took a shower, so I'm feeling pretty good for today's episode. Oh man, I'm a little jealous, I'm a little hungover. <laughs> <laughs> we went to my father-in-law's last night for some like dinner and had a couple other people that were there, like family friends, and they had this whiskey to pour as like little tasters, and it was a peanut butter flavored whiskey, which normally I'm not a big whiskey drinker in general, it's a little too intense for me. But this stuff was like really smooth. So I had like two little tasters, not a lot of that, but I also had like two full glasses of wine. And then when I got home, I had two high noons, those like seltzer waters that are like with vodka, you know? So they're not that yeah. strong, but it's enough to where it was like, yeah, it's like four drinks last night. So moving a little slow today. I'm uh, trying to catch up to you, but I'm glad you're well rested. What'd you have for breakfast? I had uh, fajitas. And my wife had, like, uh, she got me a hot chocolate and a cheese danish. It was, like, my favorite from Starbucks. I oh. always get those two those two entrees. Oh, man. Oh, I'm fucking hungry now. I haven't eaten yet either. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'll man. say no more. I don't want to make you starve during the episode. Oh, it's I'll, I'll say no more. <laughs> it's all good. I'm going to have some lunch after we record because then I'm doing a six-and-a-half-mile run today, training for my 10K in a couple weeks. So it's going to be good. It's going to be good. But let's get our other host in here. We're also joined by Slugger. Slug Daddy Slim, how you doing today, sir? What up? <laughs> I, you know, I could tell last night you were you're feeling pretty good, a little loosey goosey uh-huh. there in the party chat. <laughs> sorry, sorry about that. Sorry about that. I'm sure I was obnoxious no, as fuck. <laughs> All guns. <laughs> how are you today, though? Uh, I'm good. In typical fashion, we had a busy morning with kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, took my daughter to dance for an hour, and then we went to the children's museum or like a discovery. I don't know, science museum, but let them run around for the last two hours. So they're downstairs chilling right now, sleeping. So I can be up here doing this. Fantastic. Um, I thought it was a museum about children, the history of children. <laughs> I was no, like, no, no, no. I was no, like, no. that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. No, I brought a I brought a fun science fact home. I was like, I gotta talk about this on the podcast. Okay. Let's hear uh, it. You probably know this because I think I knew this in the past. We learned about it in school. But did you know how long our intestines are? Because it's kind of wild. Shoot. Like, if you stretch them out. Oh, man. Uh, it's something crazy. Yeah. Like, I don't know the exact yeah. figure, but I remember hearing this similar stat. What, what is it? 30 feet. Yeah, that's wild. Can you imagine 30 feet of organs just piled up inside of you right now? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just coiled kind of on top out. of it's each weird. other. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. But yeah, they had this thing at the museum where you could like pull this rope out of the wall to get a good visual of like what 30 feet looks like. And I was just like mind blown. I'm like, oh, all right. All right. I just yeah. got to live that. I got a spooky skeleton inside of me and a big organ snake. This is great. <laughs> yeah. I, anatomy stuff really is not my thing. It creeps me out. So, I mean, it's cool and interesting, but I don't like to think about what we actually are <laughs> you know of like these sacks yeah. of meat and water and like bone you know it's, <laughs> it's it's very weird to me uh it makes me a little squeamish for sure but that's pretty cool i do like going to museums uh my parents took me to a bunch when we were traveling and i was younger and all that and it's always a good time it's it, like when yeah. i go on vacation i do it at least one day you know <laughs> you have to go see some some cool stuff from that area so 
they're they're perfect for these like colder days where you can like let the kids just go nuts and yeah it's nice and toasty inside and they're not cooped up in the house it's great oh fantastic fantastic well good sounds like we're all having a pretty decent morning slash afternoon so far love to hear it a couple housekeeping things to get into before we get into the main here race updates so our newest race was announced last episode it's going to be running all the way up until September, you have until April 1st to register. Right now, we have 20 registered racers, which is the most we've had for one of these things. So awesome job there. And if you haven't registered yet, you have time. You have till April 1st, as I noted. So go and check that out. You'll find links on all of our pages to the Discord. And you'll need to react to the race rules there with a little flag emoji, and you'll be all set and good to go. There is no entry fee. So if you're listening to this, I recommend you go and check that out. Pretty cool stuff. And uh, I think that's it, actually, for housekeeping. <laughs> Anything else you guys want to add on the race? You guys been checking it out? A lot of plats posted so far. And now the we were just talking about this. The, the plats are popping. Yeah. And it's a lot. It's a lot. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I would say ch- check those rules out. Um, you might have to scroll up in the rules thread for some additional rules that didn't make it to this race. One I would like to notably point out is auto pops, stuff like that. There's a lot of, like, smaller rules like that that are kind of a given to make the race fair but they're they're not laid out specifically in the most recent rules but if you scroll up through that rules page they are listed somewhere in there so if you have any questions or anything's confusing just reach out to one of us in the discord we're all pretty active we'll get an answer to you probably within an hour of us getting a message so yep absolutely and uh, yeah, good good call out there because we did have a couple auto pop things I think pop up already in terms of what people had posted. And you'll just want to make sure you're looking at the point breakdown, too, for rarity and what your your trophies are actually getting you, because it, that did change a little bit over time. Most notably, things that are in the 50 to 75% and 75 to 100% category got scaled back to make sure that people weren't just posting you know, a ton of really, 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 really easy plats. And uh, you can still do that, but it's just not going to benefit you quite as much as if you go for some of these rarer and potentially more difficult ones. So... Good call out there. Good call out. Okay, let's get into our trophy game, guys. It's my turn to regale you with a few trophies and see if you can guess what game we are talking about. I really like this new addition to the show. And I got rid of the warm-up this time because, hey, we've done this all before, so we know what we're doing, right? This is the chance for you, Daryl, and you, Slugger, to catch up. I've only got more points because I haven't hosted it yet, so we could be tied after this. Are you guys ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Let's do Let's it. Do it. Okay, so I tried to keep this one a little more simple again. And for the listeners out there, when we we this will be the end of our first rotation. When we start the next rotation of of doing this, they'll they'll get a little bit harder. I think is the goal progressively as we go along. So let's get into it. No warm up. So the bronze trophy for this game is called Savior, and the description is to save a soldier. Okay. So far, yeah, so good. That's probably not going to help you very much, but the next two are, are very, uh, I, think, I think, give it away. Go ahead. I think I know it. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Next up, the silver trophy is called Not a Toy Anymore, and the description is to fully upgrade the sling. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think I, I got a couple games in mind. Okay. Right on. Gold trophy here, last one, is called Botanist, and the description is to find all the flowers. Okay. Okay. 
So those combination of things. Individually, they're not incredibly helpful, but I thought the combo wasn't too bad. So let's go to you, Daryl, first. Do you have a guess for this? Okay. I, I think I got it. The first one kind of threw me off, and I was a little worried because Slugger was like, oh, I got it. So, <laughs> <laughs> it. It didn't come out right away for me, but I think with the last two, um, I'm, I'm going to say A Plague Tale Innocence. Ooh, okay, okay. Slugger, what about you? What do you think? I 100% agree. You are correct. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> I don't, You're well done. I don't know how I remember that soldier trophy. Well, there's two really, in there. You really don't do anything, but... Yeah, yeah, there's, there's another one I called Merciful year, so. or something like that. Maybe you're thinking of that. There's two like trophies for saving people. One of them is Savior. One of them is called like, Merciful. And yeah, I, I, that one it was weird. I knew the sling thing was going to be the biggest giveaway. But the trouble for me was trying to find games you guys like overlapped on that you had played. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, Plague Tale I know is more recent for you guys. So I figured it would be not too bad. Well done. Well done. Good job, guys. So no, we are worries. all tied up now at two points... So we've all been successfully able to guess it every time we were able able to, excuse me. So yeah, let's see how we do when we get into the harder rounds. And hopefully you listeners at home were able to get that one as well. Well done, well done. Next up, we're going to get into some plat shoutouts. These are pulled from the Discord. We want to take a couple seconds here and highlight some platinum trophies earned by our community members. And I'm pulling these from the trophy room channel predominantly. I'm not necessarily pulling from the plat shot. So just as a call out of like, why isn't my thing called out this time? I, I specifically tried to look at Trophy Room uh, to pull these. So first up, we've got Pat the Trophy Hunter. A little secondary shout out to JB because he also earned this for Toem, which is a 68.9% on PSN profiles and a 19.7% on the PS app. And this is for the PS5 version, excuse me. Freaking awesome game. I mean, we had a little sub discussion about it yesterday, even in the Discord. But Slugger, what, what do you think? Toem? I know you're a big fan of this yeah. game as well. I think it's a must-play, must-buy. I, I think it's still on the subscription, but that's one of those games where, like, PlayStation Plus and, like, Game Pass, similar subscriptions like that are great because I don't think I would have ever checked this game out or, like, gave it a chance. And then I believe Tome was a launch game when PlayStation Plus converted to the new model. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to try this. Or maybe I don't remember... The exact details but it was on the subscription and read that it was a quick short easy plat and i was kind of seeing the buzz about it on reddit dove in and freaking loved it like easily one of my indie games of the year for yeah. last year 100 percent, totally agree and i think jb had done the dlc as well and i think pat had so they've got the full 100 percent there daryl what do you think of tell him what's your thoughts on this game oh i loved it I had a lot of fun talking about this game when uh, we did one of the What Have We Been Playing episodes, and this was one of the games I talked about. I'm not really on the social media social media aspect a lot, but I do like that a lot of people on Discord are talk about games, and this was one of the games they talked about. So that's how I kind of got into it. I was like, oh, you know, a lot of people are talking about it. Let me check it out. So mm -hmm. awesome game. Definitely want to check it out if you haven't already. Yeah, for sure. It was in my top three games of last year. I don't think it came out in 2022. I want to say it was in 2021, but the DLC did come out last year. It was very serendipitous. It was like I finished the game through PS Plus, and then it was like that week or something, <laughs> the DLC drops from the developer for free. And I was like, oh, this is amazing. Get a little bit more of this. but. If you haven't played Tome, check it out. It's a really wonderful game. 
it's actually one of the rare games where like if a dlc were to come out like i jumped on it right away like a dlc for any other game i'd probably been like oh, okay whatever i'll get to it eventually yeah same here I, I got it like i was so excited to to see that people were talking about it and i was at work looking at the discord like oh shoot i gotta get this when i get home <laughs> i gotta get on this uh yeah great game great game Next up, we've got King 6969 with Lego Harry Potter years 5 through 7, which is a 25.83% on PSM profiles and 4.1% on the app for PS4. Pretty cool. I thought this was funny to throw in here because there's a lot of Harry Potter, Harry Potter, Harry Potter buzz going on right now with Hogwarts Legacy. But hey, there's other Harry Potter games too. This guy's doing Lego Harry Potter. I think this is his ninth Lego Platinum. So pretty cool there. I have not played years five through seven i have played lego harry potter years one through four but have either of you looked at this game at all yeah i got the plat in both of them i think i actually did them multiple times because i got the 100 percent achievements way back on 360 i guess Ooh, nice on the lego harry potter but yeah i love well lego games are hit or miss i always love the initial like story mode burst just the initial playthrough yeah and then they've gotten the lego harry potter ones aren't bad but the big open world ones they've gotten to the point i think star wars was notorious for it where it's like there's 950 collectibles have fun mm-hmm. and so i've kind of like fallen off the lego train but they're they're nice to do once or twice a year here and there scattered in i totally agree yeah i have still lego dc supervillains and lego jurassic park or jurassic world to do like i don't have progress in them yet so they're not started but they are in my backlog so to speak and I do want to throw one of those in this year to try to get another Lego game completed. But Daryl, what about you? Have you checked out any of these these Lego games before? I can't recall. Uh, not on the PlayStation platform, but I did play like the DC Vert like villains. I don't know if it was on 360 <clears throat> when mm-hmm. I checked it out, but I I played it on Xbox. Couldn't really get into it because. It was starting to trigger like my OCD habits. I'm like I gotta get every Lego piece, and <laughs> it wasn't really enjoyable for me. Yeah, for sure. Well, maybe yeah, maybe you'll return at some point. I also own the new one, the Skywalker Saga, but on the Series S. It was the game that came with my console, so I haven't checked that out yet either. But that might be a, a fun place to play it because I won't have to necessarily care if I get the full 987 collectibles. <laughs> so we'll see. Next up, we've got Toxic with Sly 2, which is sitting at a 55.44% on PSN profiles and 23.6% on the PS app for the PS4 version. I've never played any Sly Cooper games, so I have no idea what this experience is oh, like. They're so good. You should. Yeah. And th- so they're through like PS Now equivalent, basically, right? These are streaming games that you can do through PlayStation. I think so. I would have to look it up, but I think you, yeah. I don't know if they ever got a PS4 release. That's ah, a bummer bummer not that it would be bad like i played through god of war titles through the streaming and it was totally fine and serviceable but uh yeah i just this one jumped out to me because one of my best friends i've talked about on the show a few times his name's joe and daryl you met him at the wedding he's you know he's into trophy hunting tangentially he's not like crazy into it but he around the same time that toxic posted this sent me a, a snapshot of him earning the plat in the same game uh so he's been going back and playing some sly games as well for a bit of nostalgia which is always a good thing. Uh, Daryl, have you played the Sly games? Unfortunately, I have not. I'm a little bummed. Yeah, I feel like I'm missing out on some key part of PlayStation history, you know? They're like, 
they're solid like platform platformer collectathons like of that era like in the vein of like ratchet and clank and jack and daxter kind of stuff it plays pretty similar to both of those but i think the characters are great and the gameplay is fun and there's like just the right amount of things to collect without it being overwhelming yeah um yeah they're good I love the art style for it. I remember even when I was younger, like seeing people play it and like, whoa, this is really cool. Uh, shout that's out kind to... of the nice thing about them. Oh, yeah. That art style has like, it ages well. Like they still look like pretty great for being PS2, PS3 games. Yeah, I think so too. And shout out to Blinks the Time Sweeper on Xbox because that is the <laughs> platformer that I was oh, playing man. during that era. And actually that's on Game Pass. You can play it if you have uh, your Xbox stuff. You can check that out. <laughs> i might have to try that i don't think i ever gave that one a fair shot it's pretty fun man or at least when i was playing it on the original xbox it was pretty cool blew my mind so all right next up we've got man cave central with tabletop racing sitting at a 7.52 percent on psn profiles and a 1.3 percent for the app on ps4 <laughs> version you recently went through and got the platinum and the dlc for this game slugger so what do you think of this pretty big achievement yeah i think it's <laughs> so i thought it was going to be easy based off the rarity because well i don't know i like it seven and a half percent i'm like all right that's pretty doable that's pretty fair and yeah it's a overall the general list if you're just going for a high completion is not too bad but then you get to the point where you have to three star everything and that's when it gets really tough and then if you dive into the dlc the dlc takes the difficulty from like a five to like an eight I think I struggled so much in the DLC. It was one of the few games where I was like, I'm going to rage quit this and not get the hundred percent. And uh, <laughs> JB actually kind of JB and his 100% antics and uh, idea that he pushes kind of push nudged me along. I think I took a week off from that game. Cause I was like, nah, I'm dropping it. And then I came back to it and maybe that break was all I needed, but kind of breezed through it after that. But it's fun. It's it's your typical kart racer, but it's very frustrating. Gotcha. Gotcha. So definitely a hard-earned, well-earned platinum. Yeah, and I've been getting an itch to play some sort of racing game, and we'll talk about racing games a little bit later in the show, I believe, with some what we've been playing. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe this one I'm going to avoid. Sounds like it's pretty, it's pretty yeah. tough. I should go don't back do and do one. Horizon Chase Turbo's DLC, if anything. So. Very good, very good. And lastly, we've got Maximum Carnage coming in with his difficulty challenge update. He is through his 7 out of 10, so he's moving on to 8 out of 10, which I believe is Final Fantasy IX. But for this time, he got Demon Souls for PS5, which sits at a 25.44% on PSN profiles. Pretty insane. And a 4.3% on the app for, of course, PS5 version. It is a PS5 console exclusive. This game is great, really wonderful, and it also was his introduction to Souls and the Souls genre and the FromSoft games, which I'm always happy to see a new convert to the Church of Dark Souls, so I was pretty happy about that. Also, pretty cool in his post, he included some screenshots of different points in the game. I thought that was a nice touch, made it stand out a little bit more in the Discord, so well done to you, Maximum, for that. Slugger, you, of course, helped me with my New Game Plus playthrough for this, but Daryl, when, yep. when are we going to get you on Demon Souls, man? Hopefully soon. Uh, I still got a bunch to go through. Um, I ain't Bloodborne at the moment. Okay. Uh, I did start that a while back, so I want to go back into that universe uh, before I go into any other game. Maybe Elden Ring might be next after. We'll see. We'll yeah, see. we'll see. 
if uh, just throwing the offer out there, you know, I do own the physical version for Demon Souls. So just like Sekiro, if you want to borrow it, you let me know. You don't have to pay for it or buy it, you know? Oh, dude. It was really hard for me to give you back Sekiro. Well, you gave it back to me and I've not touched it or gone back to that game. So, you know, in, in a sense, I should have let you keep it. But I just like that those are one of the few games that I own physically is, is, is quite a few of the Dark Souls and FromSoft games. So, yeah, yeah. But anyway, get to Bloodborne. Get to it. It'll be really fun. And that's it for Platinum Shoutouts, so thank you to all of our Discord members for participating, of course, and being active in the community, and uh, tune in next time. I'll pull some more of your, your achievements and trophies to highlight on the show. Next up, I wanted to give a very special thank you to our Patreon supporters, so if you like what we do, you can head on over to patreon.com slash trophytalkpodcast to check out our various tiers of support, ranging all the way from the Hidden Trophy $1 tier up to the Platinum $25 a month tier. 25 bucks will get you an appearance on the show, but even, you know, at the 3, 6, and 12, so bronze, silver, and gold levels, there's different benefits, custom, you know, emotes that we'll create for you in the Discord, submitting questions to the show, all that kind of fun stuff. So go and check that out if you're interested. So this is a big thank you to Maximum Carnage, the Sly G. Cooper, Skrillis, Pat the Trophy Hunter, King6969, JB Trophy Hunter, B Down. Diego Juan, and Gohan173. Now, Gohan is Man Cave Central. I wasn't quite sure which one he wanted to go by, but we're going to go Gohan for this time. And Man Cave, you let us know if you want us to switch that in the future. But thank you very much, you guys, for your support of the show. It really means a lot. Thank you, thank you. All right, let's do the Patreon-submitted questions. As I noted, when you are a Patreon member, above the hidden tier, you can submit questions to our show that we will answer and uh, give you some pretty good responses. It's always a, a meaty discussion at this point. So let's get into the first one. Comes to us from King6969, and he asks, is the goal to take all the groceries in from the car in a single trip, or does slow and steady win the race? Pretty interesting here. I'll, I'll jump on it real quick before I pass it over to you guys and just explain my method. So in general, when I go to the grocery store, I try to get in and out of there pretty quick. Right, I, I want to be in there like 15 minutes, and I work area by area, right? So I start in the produce section, get all the things in that area, and go to the next aisle, get what I need, and kind of like systematically work my way through the store. And we usually bring our own bags, so we're not like, you know, we try to be conscious of that stuff, so we reuse bags and stuff like that. And then when I get home, what I do is I take, let's say I have four bags, right? I take two up to the front door, and I set them right outside the front door. Then I go back to the car, get the remaining bags, and go in the house. So I sort of use the like front little stoop area as kind of like a staging spot for getting everything in one spot and then like take it into the house from there so it's a little bit easier, right? But, uh, but I'm curious what you guys do for this. So Slugger, let's go to you first. How do you handle your groceries? You got to do it all at once. <laughs> <laughs> You're about to rip a bag, dude. You're going to spill yeah. some eggs. I mean, I personally hate the environment, and I still use plastic bags. I'm just kidding. I oh my god, go green! <laughs> but I just I need to throw a caveat there. We collect all our plastic bags. I don't know if it does anything, but uh, we shop at Walmart, and they have like a bag return, so it makes me feel kind of good that we at least return our bags there. But they're still the plastic bags. I tried the slow and steady method actually a couple of weeks ago and I don't really know why I think it's because the kids weren't home and my wife wasn't home and I was like I'm just gonna take this nice and slow and just bring in one bag at my method this day was really weird I brought one bag in and then I put everything away that was in that bag and then went back to the car for the next bag brought it in put everything away where it goes and it was cool because 
when I was done, it was done. But I realized it took me so long, and I didn't like the multiple trips back and forth between the car. Mm. So I'm normally a hook as many bags as possible that my arms will allow onto my arms, and then I walk in like a freaking robot. Yeah. Both arms in front of me, or to the side, I guess, kind of curled <laughs> with, you know, 10, 15 bags on each arm, and just get everything at once, and then pack everything away. So I aim to do it all in one go. Interesting. See, the problem for me there is, and we'll go to you, Daryl, shortly after this to hear what you do, but for me, the issue there comes with, like, paper towels and cleaning supplies and, like, toilet paper, which throws off your whole game because you got these bags that have everything else, right? And then these items have to be carried separately. So you end mm, up in these true. weird scenarios where it's like you can't really grip it correctly or you, you got, like, the toilet paper under your arm while you're also having two bags with that hand or, so, you know, stuff like that. So that's where it gets a little odd or if you're buying, like, you know, LaCroix or beer or whatever, like, you know, like, drinks kind of fuck that up, too, because they don't necessarily go in the bags. So it's a bit interesting. But, uh, Daryl, what do you I'm, do for this? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just, I'm, I'm pretty lucky with the way my current house is set up because I back into the garage and then we have a garage fridge, which is solely for drinks. Mm. So if we bought any drinks, I'll immediately take those out and put those away first. And then toilet paper, uh, paper towels, all that big stuff also stores in the garage because we have like storage shelves out there and we just keep it out there. Or at least because, you know, you buy the big pack of like 24. So we'll buy, have a big pack and then bring a little like four pack of TP into the house. And when that runs out, we'll go to the garage, grab another pack, bring it in. So... The garage opens up into the kitchen. It's a pretty short trip for me. So doing it all and like getting the big stuff out first and putting it right there where it goes in the garage and then just doing the massive bag collection in my arms into, I don't know, maybe 10, 15 steps into the kitchen. And I'm good to go. Interesting. Interesting. I did want to put in here because I know you don't drink uh real sorry daryl i keep saying we're gonna go to you and i keep interrupting <laughs> but I, I wanted to make sure you guys saw this i posted in our little internal chat these canned hoppy refreshers so these are uh non-alcoholic no carbs like no calories but they have like a kind of that hoppy feel to them and mm -hmm. zero alk right not even like 0 0.02 or whatever it's like zero and i've been getting these on my lunch when i go to like the deli near my work and having them, and they're freaking delicious. So if you're looking for sort of a little treat to have around the house, I'm not, I know you were into the non-alcoholic beers a little bit there. Uh, yeah, check those out. I'm actually drinking one right now. Oh, let's <laughs> go, dude. Let's go. Uh, Daryl, what about you, though? What's going on with your groceries? Uh, for me, groceries, I, I'm a one-and-done trip kind of guy. You know, I got to get them all into the car, one trip, mm -hmm. into the house. One trip. That that's the motto I live by. <laughs> um, I've gotten pretty creative over the years on how to bring as many bags of groceries into the house without having to make a second trip. So um, I, I usually do the like as many bags I can hang off my fingers. I've kind of done that over time, but I've been using like other ways, like doing like the undercarry, like. Costco's great because you can get boxes and uh, the boxes kind of help a lot. You know, I can do a two arm undercarry with that. And then, you know, if I can, I'll try to hook some bags on as well. Or I do like the side carry if I'm carrying like a bunch of like toilet paper or um, towels, you know, I can do that and then try to like stack everything on the other hand. Um, 
even using elbows, man, you gotta use those elbows. Sure. Elbows are great. Yeah. So if you can like if you got like a big carry-on bag, you know, just loop your arm through it and maybe get two or three bags in there. And one thing you gotta use that most people don't really think about, you gotta use the chin. The Ooh. chin the chin is good. You have a fat, thick chin. Ooh man, ain't nothing getting out of that grip. So I, I, I could probably like put, you know, maybe like as I'm like holding things, I use my chin to kind of like stabilize the top of it so things don't like fall forward if I like miss a step or something. Mm. But uh, for me, in all the places I've lived, I've always had stairs that led up to where I live. So a lot of the times my unit was like the second floor or where I live now, my kitchen is, is on the second floor. So I hate going up and down stairs. So that's kind of the reason why I like to do everything in one trip. Mm, okay. Okay. Now, who puts the groceries away in your household? Because in my household, I usually do the shopping and I come home. And then Stephanie's really particular about how things are situated in the cupboards and in the fridge. So I'll kind of just put it on the counter and then she usually puts it away. Because I'm like, if I put it away, she's just going to come in and, and move it around later. Right. So there's no point. But I'm curious for you, Slugger, how does that work in your house? It, it kind of flip flops. We don't really have designated, like, hey, you're putting stuff away. Because. I don't know. It's we play like zone defense with the kids. So it's like whoever has the kids, the other, you know, they're focused on the kids. The other person is going to put the groceries away. Mm. It normally ends up being me because if my wife comes home with groceries, like if I beat her home and I have the kids and the kids see her walk through the door, yep. like they're swarming her. They're like little moths to a flame and they're going to be hooked on her for the next hour until the excitement of mom being home goes away. So if my wife's picking up the groceries that day, it's normally she comes home, kids swarm her, I kind of clean up, put things away, start dinner. Gotcha. Interesting. What about you, Daryl? Uh, I try to put the, the, the groceries away. I think by the time I'm like up the stairs, I'm like lying on the floor gasping for breath. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, usually I'll, I'm very particular, so I'll give it like a day or two, and then I'm like, the chips should be on the top shelf. <laughs> and I'm finding it on the bottom. So mm. then that's when I go into like full OCD mood. Okay, this needs to go there. That needs to go there. And mm -hmm. then I have to have a talk with my wife. Like, um, you know, your um grocery putting away skills needs a little tuning up. But I, I made it look better. So we're all good. <laughs> I'm sure she loves that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> do you guys do Wrong grocery pickup? Thoughts. I don't do grocery pickup. I, I go, oh, man. go and just do. Total. Yeah. It's a total game changer if you don't care about like what produce or meat you're getting. Mm. Let's see, I'm which I know particular. I know people are particular about that, but um, it's great. I mean, even if you are particular about that, like we'll put in Walmart order pickups, and it's so simple. You just order on the app, show up to the store, someone walks out, brings it to your car. Damn, that that is pretty freaking convenient. Take it and go home. Never have to set foot in a store. Yeah. And this ad was brought to you by Walmart. So. <laughs> <laughs> very nice, very nice. <laughs> no, I haven't done that yet, but I, I really should give it a try. I don't know why I don't do that. Seems I think like most places time. do it now, and it's free at most places. So mm -hmm. Yeah, we, so we have like Safeway as like the main gro grocery chain around us, and they do that. So I, yeah, I definitely need to check it out. Interesting. Okay. Well, very good, sir. Uh, King, thank you very much for the question, man. Much appreciated. Hopefully that answers and gives you some advice on how you should handle your groceries. Okay. 
you're lost in the woods, look for the light. That's what I have to say. <laughs> All right. Next up, Maximum Carnage hitting us with his classic three-named question. Let's get into it. He says, Greetings, Triforce of Power, Wisdom, and Courage. Is the backlog still the enemy that looms over us like a dark and ominous cloud? AAA development games are taking oh sorry, AAA video games are taking longer and longer to make, with the average development time being five to six years without reused assets. Good caveat. That's a long time for the average person to be put or for the average person to put a fair few crosses on that list. I'm not saying that the backlog should be a friend, but more of a frenemy. The backlog is always there when the AAA releases aren't. I demand expansion on this thought. Go. So, Slugger, let's go to you first. We've talked a lot about this in party chat, many a late nights discussing what we're going to be doing next, what we're playing, and we've all got these grand plans for our backlog. So, 2023, February, how are you feeling about backlog? I've been trying to shift my perspective on the backlog from a negative one to a positive one. And it's really hard to do because, well, I'll get into that. I guess... The reason why it always bugged me and why I have that like looming negative feeling is like, how am I ever going to get to all of this? It's like, I don't know. They're, like, if I, I bet if I took the like time to beat on my backlog of games, because just on my PS4 alone, if you look at my library of unhidden games, there's a ton of stuff that's hidden. Mm-hmm. There's like five, 600 games. Now, granted, a lot of that is from PlayStation Plus. I've been a PlayStation Plus subscriber from day one. But a lot of it is also just things I bought in sales. Like, oh, that game's five bucks. Looks kind of interesting. I'll pick that up and I'll get to <laughs> it here in the next couple of weeks. Right. I've done that enough times to where I have hundreds of games I've purchased over the years where I had good intentions of like, I want to play this and I just never have. Um, or I do play it and I play it for an hour and I'm like, yeah, this isn't this isn't really sticking with me. So I move on and then it's kind of like a plague on my on my profile i guess um you just hope but to i'm God trying to you be... don't get a fucking trophy in that one hour that you try it out <laughs> yeah i know yeah but i'm trying to be more like positive on it because i like little me little kid me mm-hmm. would kill to have this many games at his fingertips and it like it's very much a first world problem like oh woe is me i bought too much and i'm never like i'm never gonna have time to get all get all of this a lot of people would kill to have that problem. Like, there's a lot of people right. that only play free to play games, especially like, you know, 18 year olds and younger. They only play free to play games because their parents can only afford one game a year. Right. Um, so it's like, it's a good problem to have. I think why, yeah, but why I have that negative aspect is because it kind of highlights my negative buying uh, habits, I guess. Like, it's almost like an addiction for me to, to like search the sales and, pick up a whole pick up a whole bunch of things and be like oh look at all the money i'm saving but am i really saving money if i'm not actually engaging with the things i'm buying yep. so i'm trying to and i've gotten better over the last six months i've been pretty vocal in the discord about like my push in the backlog and buying less things i broke a little bit in october and november and i went hard and loaded up on a ton of games and uh those sales and it was almost like it's funny, it was kind of like a little relapse because I bought a bunch of shit there and then I still haven't played them. And I keep telling myself, go back and freaking play them before you buy more. And I just, and then of course I splurge and buy Harry Potter, but yeah, we kind of going off that. on my own little, <laughs> yeah, going off on my little, uh, little 
too far into this rant, but I, w- I wouldn't say it's an ominous cloud. I think it's a good thing to have. You just kind of have to not let it overwhelm you. Like, I'm trying to just view it as like, cool, all these games are at my fingertips. I can play them whenever I want. Don't let it stress you out. Like, you don't have to get to every single game in here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And yeah, be- it's so- also... Go ahead. I, I also think it's important to add, like, it's a little stressful there, but then you compound like the new subscription models where you have game pass and the playstation plus and it's like cool now you have hundreds of games across those subscriptions it's like not only is my backlog looming over me of games i've purchased but now it's also like oh i really need to get to all these games in the subscription i want to play before they go away so mm-hmm. it, like it's a never-ending like mental battle of like not trying or trying not to focus on the negative right And what I was going to ask you is just sort of how I think it comes down to definitions a bit where like, so do you consider things like you just talked about Game Pass and PS Essential, whatever, right? All those games. I I don't necessarily consider those in the same way as my like. So it is my backlog, right? Those things are in my backlog if I've added them to my library. But there's a different tier where I don't necessarily view them the same as things that I've like paid for that are in my backlog or things that I've started and have percentage in that are in my backlog. So do you consider those things all part of your backlog, even though you didn't pay for them necessarily in the, I mean, you paid for the subscription, but you didn't pay for those specific titles. I mean, not necessarily unless it's something I I really, really want to play. Um, A good example is like course is on there, which is like this spaceship shooter game um it's pretty quick i think it only takes like 15 to 20 hours but i've been eyeing that game since i've read about it and i really want to get into that before uh it gets pulled from the subscription the medium would be another one like so things like that where it's like yeah i absolutely want to play it while it's on the subscription Mm -hmm. because i don't want to spend money on this game i don't know if like i'll like it enough to spend money on it i'll consider the like i'll like you said i'll add it to my library and i'll kind of consider that all right this part of my backlog this Mm -hmm. is something i want to get to eventually yeah will i ever play kingdoms of amalur re-reckoning who the fuck knows (laughs) but 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 i would like to (laughs) you know interesting interesting okay well daryl let's go to you as well and see what do you what do you think about the backlog uh the backlog you know i i think it's at this point in time it's kind of become like the the pseudo boogeyman within the trophy hunting community. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everyone talks about backlog. There's always like this negative connotation that comes with it. You know, the the irresponsible consumer having too many games that you don't have enough time for. <laughs> uh, you know, there's just a, a lot of things that you know surround the backlog that is normally negative. I think, but I think for me personally. Um, I'm kind of like with Slugger. I think over time, I've kind of seen the backlog as a positive because like like Maxim is saying, there's a lot of games that are coming out that we're probably hoping to play one day. There's just a a lot of, you know, waiting in between. So uh, I think the backlog is like a great way to like, you know, during that waiting period, you have something to play in between. And I've kind of been relying on my backlog more often nowadays because... You know, there's like times where I'm trophy hunting like pretty hard. Like I'm playing a game, um, you know, getting trophies, and then by the end of it, I'm kind of in like this withdrawal uh, kind of stage where I'm like, there's nothing really I want to play. Like 
Yeah. There's so many games that are coming out down the road. Um, I'm just not feeling it anymore. But then, like, I kind of, like, step away from trophy hunting, and then I'm thinking, like, no, let me look for a good story that's in my backlog. And a lot of times I find some really good games that I play that are great games and kind of get me back into trophy hunting. So it kind of like boosts me to go back into trophy hunting again. And that's kind of like the one positive that I see out of, the, out of my backlog is that there's so many games in there that I probably would have never even looked at had I not like taken the chance on some games. And there's been a couple these last couple of months that, you know, were in my backlog. And I was like, you know, what? let me check them out. And, you know, it's just like an everyday thing where I'm like, oh, I don't feel like playing. I don't have enough time. Let me see if there's like a quick 10 to 15 hour game in my backlog. I find some pretty good gems in there as well. So um, the backlog is definitely a frenemy uh, at times. <laughs> it can be um, it can be annoying that you have so many games piled up. But on the bright side, uh, there's just a lot of games at your disposal that you can just, tune, uh, you know, like just chime in whenever. Um, the thing that does bug me a lot about the backlog is that you know, I buy some games and then, like, by chance they come out on PS Plus for free. That's, like, the killer for me. So, for me, the backlog definitely makes me more cognizant of my purchases. Like, if I'm going to purchase something, I need to play it, like, right there and then. So, that's kind of, like, another way to be, like, a smarter, like, consumer. Just, like, if I'm going to buy something, I need to play it, like, yeah. very soon, within, like, the first two months. Yeah. I Yeah, I think that's even a bit gracious of a window, but... Yeah, I, I totally agree. I feel the same. Like, if I'm going to buy something these days, I'm playing it within, like, a week. You know, it's because I'm I'm going to get to it next. That's sort of the way that I'm looking at it. Because otherwise, I would just wait for a sale. There's no reason to not get it cheaper. Because uh, you know, PlayStation sales are crazy. They're, like, every two weeks, they just rotate. Uh, and things will appear on there, guaranteed. So, that's interesting, though. That you, guys, you guys have kind of shifted my thinking on this a little bit, where... I tended to, in the past, view the backlog as a pretty negative thing, this sort of ever-growing just pile of games that I would never get to, and it was just sort of this reminder of, like, man, you just don't have enough time, you know, and you start throwing in books, movies, TV, whatever, like, the, this this media train just doesn't stop, you know, you'll never be fully caught up, but it shifted a bit for me when I started com focusing on completion percentage towards the end of last year and beginning of this year so far, and I, I also view it as now sort of an opportunity, right? The, the backlog are these things where it's like, okay, I can go back and clean this up. I'm going to give this game another shot. And that's been really the lesson for me so far this year is recognizing things that I maybe wasn't in the right headspace for before. For whatever reason, I just bounced off of the game. When I revisit these things, I tend to really enjoy them. And I'm like, why didn't I play this earlier? I don't understand like what I was so... You know, what was I so worried about with this with this game? And so I've been having a lot of fun looking at the backlog that way and also trying to, as you guys talked about as well, tie it into spending habits. And so this year I'm really going to try, and last year I did a pretty good job, uh, to not buy very many new games. And I've allowed myself four for sure titles this year that I want to buy that could expand to five, but that's really not that many. Let's say I play, you know, 15 to 20 games this year, only... 30% of them are new, that means most of what I'm playing is in my backlog. And I think that's pretty exciting, personally, and gives you a chance, like I said, to revisit things. And I don't know, I don't really view it as negatively, but I also don't 
as everyone knows, if you're a longtime listener, I don't add a lot of things to my library from these subscription services. I'm really selective about what things I put in there because I do view it if it's in my library as part of my backlog. You know, so Kingdoms of Amalur is part of my backlog. Uh, Ghost Runner, right? Those kind of things. Excuse me. I do really want to get to them. And uh, yeah, it's tough now with this completion percentage thing because those games are almost at a disadvantage where it's like I don't have percentage on them yet. So I'm hesitant to start them even though they're in my backlog. (laughs) You know, I'd rather play something in my backlog that I can clean up and get some progress in that's that I've started before. So yeah, it's it's a little bit weird right now, but I think it's kind of TLDR, the, the answer for you really maximum is that I don't view it as a, a negative thing at all anymore or an enemy. In fact, I kind of, like we're all sort of hinting at, I think I view it as predominantly an opportunity to to go back and give things a second chance and yeah, explore some older titles. So it's pretty cool. And one one last thing I would say is when you play predominantly from your backlog, you get this sort of cool effect where it's like, I'm playing a lot of like PS4 titles, uh, things that came out in like 2014, 2015, whatever. And then it's like, boom, I'll play The Last of Us Part 1, this game that came out in 2022. And I'm like, holy fuck, this thing looks amazing. You know, because <laughs> the, the jump is really huge. <laughs> if you're only playing brand new games, I don't know if you necessarily appreciate just how far the technology has advanced. You know, you kind of, it's good to go back and, and see what things used to be like and yeah, I don't know if that resonates with you guys as well, if that makes sense, but that's how I view it. No, it does. I think you guys kind of hinted at it. I think there's, it almost feels like a little bit of a midlife crisis, at least for me, where it's like, like I'm almost sad that I know I'm not going to have enough time to play everything, but I want to play everything. <laughs> like, right. I think back to when I had, don't get me wrong, I love my kids. I love being a dad. I wouldn't change it for the world. But I almost, in a way, miss the times where before we had kids and it's like, oh, I could freaking jam out for eight hours a day if I wanted to. Like mm-hmm. the wife's working on her school. I get off of work and just go nuts and I freaking flew through games. And now it's like I have to be very selective about what I play and accept that. All right. I'm not going to be able to play every new release, every new banger of a game. Like I'm going to have to take a backseat on some of these. And that's OK. I, it's you really it's more of a mental exercise and a mental challenge of like, you just need to accept that. Yeah. And part of that too, is as we play more games, we've all been playing games for a long time here. Like it's, you start to realize which ones you're truly, truly like going to gravitate towards and which ones are like going to speak to you in terms of new releases, you know, like for example, like Ishin, like, or Yakuza Ishin, like a dragon. I can't remember the exact title, but there's a new Yakuza game coming out. Right. And that's really exciting for you slugger. And that's one that you're mm-hmm. probably really eyeing. And it is cool, but for me, it's like, it's a new game, but it's not really, it's not my jam. Like, I don't need to buy that just because it's new. You know, it doesn't really do much for me. Whereas like RE4 Remake, taking a day off work, you know? So you just kind of know which games to focus on. And it's really then just like, if there's a lot of buzz around it and the community is really hyped on it, maybe I will like examine something that I previously was like, oh, I don't know if I want to play that. But I try to be a lot more selective and cater to things that I know for sure I'm going to like when it comes to new releases. But yeah, anything else to add on that, Daryl or Slugger, before we move on? No, I'm good. If we had all the good points, man. Some good, a good question. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you, Maximum. Appreciate that. And you'll have to let us know who's power, who's wisdom, <clears throat> who's courage. Okay? You'll have to let us know. I never know. I never know who's who in these things. But 
Good stuff. Good stuff. Okay, next up, we have got a question from JB Trophy Hunter. This will be a quick one. He says, when will we get to hear Pat the Trophy Hunter on the show again? The answer is episode 80. You're going to hear him in two episodes from now. We've already been talking to him behind the scenes. He's going to be back on. Pat the Trophy Hunter, longtime supporter of the show. Really, really appreciate it. He's been at the Platinum tier for a long time now and just a really great guy. If you haven't checked out his streams, check those out. Pat the Trophy Hunter on Twitch. He's got a YouTube channel where he puts all the VODs. He's got his own Discord community as well, I believe. So, yeah, really great guy. We're going to have him on on the next What We've Been Playing, episode 80, to talk about his adventures on the PlayStation front. I think he's working through Tomb Raider right now in terms of his streaming game. But uh, pretty exciting. Are you guys excited to have him on the show again? It's been since episode 24 since he's been on. I am. That's a long time ago. Yeah. Make sure you bring your pineapple, Pat. We need that pineapple on the yeah, show. Yeah, we got to get that pineapple going. And Slugger, you've never uh, podcasted with him before. You weren't, you know, part of the, the core team at that time. So it'll be exciting for yeah. you. Yeah, I'm excited. I mean, I've talked to Pat a little bit here and there in Party Chat when he gets a chance to pop in, but nothing like being on a podcast. So I'm excited to uh, hear his views and see what he's playing and talk about games. Yeah, me too. It's going to be great. So JB, <laughs> you don't have to wait long and you'll get him on. Okay. Good question. Good question. Now, we did have another question. I don't know if we necessarily <laughs> I don't know if we have a lot to say, but I'm going to call it out because hey, mancave slash gohan173, you're a new patron. You submitted a question. You admittedly put it in the show questions channel. You were a little drunk when you submitted it. So much love to you, sir. But you asked us what we think of Biomutant. And real quick, I'm going to say I haven't played the game at all. So I have no thoughts on Biomutant. Have either of you tried the game? Daryl, have you tried it? Let's go to you first. <laughs> I have not tried it. it okay. It's a PS Plus game, right? Recently, I think so. Right? I think so. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I have not heard, played, or even thought about Biomutant. <laughs> yeah. Um. All I know is that there's like this rocket raccoon looking dude on the box cover <laughs> of the game. Um. I remember. Is Man Cave the one that was talking about how bad Biomutant was? Yeah. Like. That's okay. the guy. That's the guy. That is him. Mm -hmm. Got it. That's all I know about the game. So I'm sorry I didn't look into the game further. But yeah, all I, all I got to say is not much. Yeah, I think the, the most interesting thing I can tell you about this game is that it is a THQ Nordic published game. And the studio, Experiment 101, is a Swedish studio based out of Stockholm. So that's kind of cool. But <laughs> that's really all that I know about it. It never jumped out to me as something that I wanted to, to play or get into. But Godspeed to you, Man Cave. I know you played it and got the plat after a whole bunch of issues with one of the spawns, I believe. So, yeah, Slugger, any thoughts on, on Biomutant? No. man. Honestly, Man Cave blew it because I, <laughs> I was going to play it and check it out. And then there was like that week straight where all he did was shit all over this game and talk about how buggy of... Um, I don't know. How buggy the game was and... Things not spawning and trophies not popping, and I, I read all that and I hit it in the library because I was interested in it. I love yeah. open world games. I was gonna check it out even if it was an average, ranked game and not very like beloved. I'm like, I'll give it a go, but I think Man Cave said enough on it already in the Discord to kind of scare me away from it. So I got nothing to think about it other than no. <laughs> Fantastic! Fantastic! <laughs> Good you stuff. blew it. You blew it, Man Cave. <laughs> Gohan, you blew it. Okay. But thank you very much for writing it. And thank you for your recent support 
uh, on Patreon for pledging. Much appreciated. Next up, we have got a segment from Slugger. So why don't you take us into what you got prepared for our PlayStation Plus news? All right. Quick PlayStation Plus roundup. All right. These are all our extra titles for the month. Uh, they've been shoot, they've been public for about a week now. So I'm just going to, in typical fashion, go through them, give you guys some deets, and see if you're interested in checking them out. So we got Ollie Ollie World. This is for PS5 and PS4 owners. 84 Metacritic score and a 7.5 user rating. So critics liked it a little bit more than your average user right now. Mm-hmm. Base game has 32 bronzes, 17 silvers, 5 golds, and 1 platinum. Pretty decent distribution there. That's not bad. That's not bad. There, There is some DLC. I don't have the stats on the DLC, but I know they added like new worlds, new levels, skins, whatnot. The rarity on PSN profiles is a 1.6%. So this is actually uh, the third game in this series. There's Ali Ali on Vita, Ali Ali 2. Actually, that might have been on PS3 as well. But mm-hmm. Ali Ali, Ali Ali 2, and now Ali Ali World. And these are very, very challenging games. They're kind of like side-scrolling skateboarding games, which require you to do tricks, kind of like Tony Hawk, and you have to keep your combo going through the entirety of a level. And not only do you have to keep your combo going, but you have to normally do challenges. Like, I guess in Tony Hawk fashion, there'll be like five cassette tapes on a level, and you got to collect all the cassette tapes. So you have to take certain routes to like hit all these things. And there's a bunch of challenges like that as you flow through these levels they're very tough i played ali ali on the vita got the 100 percent. don't even know how i got the 100 <laughs> percent. i attempted ali ali 2 and that was too hard for me i think i beat the base like just beat the game without doing the challenges and started to attempt the challenges and i i stopped i was like yeah my reflexes aren't good enough for this anymore but um It says 1.66% on PSN profiles, but the actual guide gives it a 7 out of 10. Hmm. So to me, 7 is like doable. Yeah. Uh, but 1.66% rarity doesn't seem doable. Like, no. That seems like a, a, a 8, 9, 10 out of 10 type of game. But yeah, 7 out of 10 difficulty, 50 hours. That's Oof. Ollie Ollie World. Oof. Okay. I'm going to be steering away from that one. All right. Next up. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, we got Evil Dead, the game. I'm personally interested in checking this out. Uh, this is similar to Dead by Daylight and other asymmetrical multiplayer games. You have one person versus, I think, like three or four. The meta score or Metacritic score was a 72 with a 7.4 user rating. So pretty average ranking there. 28 bronzes, 15 silvers, 1 gold, 1 platinum, 6.31% on PSN profiles. This is similar to uh, a game Daryl played Friday the 13th where you can, uh, I guess, boost. I don't know if you can boost in private lobbies or if you need to set stuff up in public lobbies, but if you go the boosting route, you're looking at like a 3 out of 10 difficulty because there is some single-player stuff, which is pretty challenging. I guess, which is probably where that three out of 10 comes in. But you're looking at 100 plus hours to get the plat on this bad boy. Yikes. And let's see. Daryl, get after it, dude. 
Get after it, bro. Yeah. Friday the 13th, part two. No, thank you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Last up, we got, well, this is three out of four. Mafia, the definitive edition, has a 76 Metacritic score, a 7.0 user rating, 33 bronzes, seven silvers, three golds, one platinum. Has a 17.85% on PSN profiles, and the difficulty is a 6 out of 10 at 25 hours. I'm pretty sure that's a fairly easy game, and what makes it a 6 out of 10 is there's a racing segment where you have to race this little box car. And from everything I've read, that's kind of the big hang-up that people struggle with. Everything else is pretty straightforward. Yeah, specifically on the hard, the hardest difficulty or whatever it is. Well, I don't know what it's called in the game, but I know that is the spot on that hard difficulty playthrough that's really tough. Yep. And then last up, I didn't uh, actually get any stats on this, but they're giving us the Destiny, I believe it's Lightfall, the latest Destiny like DLC expansion pack. That's going to be free with PlayStation Plus. That's already a free-to-play game. Mm-hmm. I believe if you claim that expansion pack you'll get that expansion and all the previous ones don't quote me on that but not much to cover there the guides that are available i think aren't really applicable anymore because they've completely changed how the game works with like seasons and battle passes and um stuff like that so the guides aren't really as applicable uh for instance when they tell you to complete like a nightfall grandmaster challenge you can't like it's all time-based now because your rank or like your power level resets every season. So you have to like fucking JB, JB trophy hunter talked about this all the time in the discord. Like you have three months to like hit max power and do this trophy. And if you don't do it in time, your power is going to reset back to the base level and the requirements for those challenges go up with the new season. So kind of a almost time gated in a way. And you really have to like give up a lot of, time that you can put towards other games to try and get the platinum on this it's a fairly common platinum it's not i don't think it's too hard but it just requires a lot of time now this might be a stupid question but do they add new trophies with these dlcs for destiny 2 i actually have no idea some of them did but not every single uh expansion normally like the big expansions get a trophy list Mm -hmm. i'm gonna pull it up right now so Destiny 2 Forsaken had trophies added, but there's no trophies for like this DLC that they're giving out. Okay. They kind of like just stopped giving out DLC yep. pack or DLC trophies. I mean, I really like that. I've talked about that before how I hate how DLC trophies count against you when you don't even necessarily own them. But I do like I I think that's a good trend. It brings to mind for me like more recent Call of Duty games where it's like they might have expansions and little DLC bits, but there's no new trophies for those at all like with vanguard there wasn't any modern warfare 2 modern warfare 1 none of that shit you know and if you look at older call of duty lists they were just nuts because platting the game was like halfway through your journey you know and then you had to go through and do all these really specific dlc trophies so yeah i was just just curious i mean for me destiny 2 sounds really cool this expansion looks really good actually but i would rather go and clean up destiny 1 which I, i have progress in both but i'd rather get destiny 1 cleaned up before that inevitably you know, shuts down and you can't do it anymore. So yeah, we'll see. Yeah. I know like me personally, what I want to, I really want to check out evil dead. What worries me about that is I always get, uh, I always get the itch to play these multiplayer games. And then I like 
it's really fun for the first five or ten hours and then i look at like the looming trophy grind of like oh shit i got like 90 to 100 plus more hours to go before i can get the plat on this and i kind of get intimidated and give up but it looks like a really fun like gruesome game uh, yeah so i may check it out i may not like yeah. we were kind of talking about with the backlog it's like i could put that 100 hours towards something else that i don't know feels a bit more meaningful yeah like i'd rather if we're gonna do a multiplayer thing like i'd rather do like like we said like destiny one last of us ps4 version multiplayer put 100 hours in that get it knocked out you know like something like that but these kind of games are really interesting i really only have a ton of experience with evolve back on the xbox one and it was cool for like 10 hours and i don't know i i feel like these games tend to sort of die out pretty quickly like the community is there initially there's a certain like contingent of people that really like these asymmetrical style multiplayer games it's not really Mm -hmm. my jam and i just feel like yeah again they just die out relatively quick so you the boosting bit is how you'd really want to do it right the three out of ten but it's still still 100 plus hours i don't know That, that one yeah it's a little bit strange mafia sounds cool to me but i have progress in mafia 2 uh definitive edition like i have trophy percentage in that so i'd probably just go clean that up instead i don't know daryl any of these jump out to you i'm very interested in mafia because i played two and three and i love both of them that's right never played the first one oh man this seems like right up your alley then yeah i would definitely check that out evil dead the game looks fun but i like dead by daylight but i jam on that like every so often like so i can already see that that's probably going to happen with evil dead the game and uh Ollie Ollie World, I'm not I'm not so sure. I was a little excited about it, heard good things about it, but Slugger kind of turned me away because I have like flashbacks of like collecting skate on every level on Tony Hawk, and that was kind of annoying. Like Ollie off the bum. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like remembering like different challenges from the old Tony Hawk games and you know, playing at a young age, so some of them were pretty tough at that time. So mm-hmm. Getting some uh, PTSD from that day, from that game. Yeah. Oh my gosh. The only skateboarding game I'll check out is Skate because those things are fucking sweet. But I think they're working on the new one still. <laughs> Whenever that comes out, I'll take a look at it. But yeah, Ollie Ollie World. Yep. Sorry, <laughs> I'm out. And then, uh, last but not least, little special shout out. We were talking about games getting trophies retroactively added. I don't think I covered this one, but there's a PS1 game called Jumping Flash, uh, which was developed by ExactCo and UltraCo. Don't know what who they are. Yeah, I don't think they're here anymore. But uh, the publisher was Sony, so it's a Sony published game. And uh, this little PS1 title got trophies added. It looks like a fairly easy platinum. There's no guide or anything, but the platinum percentage is 47.56. So probably similar to all these other games that have like the like save state and rewind features you can kind of save scum your way through these harder games yep so maybe worth checking out if you're trying to get it some of those retro trophies in absolutely man good call out when they do it for resident evil i'll be there until then i'm out they do director's cut i'm fucking after it i want legend of dragoon that's i really want that to come to the service that Uh, game with a, a nice solid trophy list would be so good to go back and revisit I think you're more likely to get that than I am to get trophies in Resident Evil just based on the, you know, first second party relationship with Legend of Dragoon, right? It was an exclusive yeah. and yeah. So, potentially, we'll see. We'll see, but I am happy to to 
see that they are doing that, that they are going back. They recognize, I think, that it's important for them to have these trophies, that it does, in fact, pull people, a good amount of people, into playing the games. So, it's good stuff, good stuff. Thank you very much for the PlayStation Plus Roundup. Hopefully, you listeners yes, enjoyed that as well. And with that, we will get into what we have been playing for the last couple weeks. If you guys don't mind, I'll go first, because I believe, Daryl, you went first last time. I don't want to put you on blast going first every time, you know? It's all good with me. All right, very good. So I've got three games to talk about. I'm not going to go crazy in-depth on all of them, but the first one that I wanted to go over was Until Dawn. So in keeping with my playing of narrative choice-based games this year with Detroit Become Human, I went back and I went after Until Dawn. This was platinum number 85 for me and cleanup number three for the year already from my backlog. So feeling pretty good for January into early February for this. It took me two full playthroughs and one very, very small amount of chapter select. In fact, like only doing the last like five minutes of the game again. So it's effectively two playthroughs. And this is sitting at a 17.03% on PSN profiles and 2.7% on the app. So actually surprising. I thought that this game would be a little bit more common on PSN profiles, but 17% is not crazy high, at least in my mind. Uh, the game has got 101 recent players, 582,000 game owners, 99,140 platinum achievers. So pretty interesting. I'm going to start throwing those stats up when I talk about my games too, just because I, I find it curious to see like how many people are playing something, especially a game like this, which came out in 2015. You know, it's still getting a decent amount of players, which is pretty cool. And the trophy list is really simple for this game. You know, we've talked about the style of games before on the show. There's nine golds, five silvers, and four bronzes. Pretty good distribution for me, because I'm trying to get some more golds in my in my camp. But I, I really love this game. And I, I think that revisiting it just solidified that even more. You know, from a casual standpoint, I had played through the game twice before already, which meant that for me, I was able to follow a guide very explicitly and not feel like it detracted from my experience because I'd already had those sort of blind playthroughs that, you know, just let things happen that I didn't necessarily want to. This character died when I didn't want to, stuff like that. But yeah, the characters are great in this game. It's well acted. It actually, and I looked this up to verify, it does run at 60 on PS5 when it did not on PS4. So going back and even playing it, I was like, this game looks really good, actually. Especially some of the outdoor sections have really beautiful vistas and I had a lot of fun collecting all the trophies in this game and the collectibles in particular because they fleshed out the story so much more once you got all of them, you know, and you put together these various different mysteries that are going on with, spoiler alert, with uh, Josh sort of pretending to be this crazy person on the mountain, leaving these fake notes around for you to find that hint at like someone else escaped from an asylum and is coming after the, the player and all this stuff. And one of the things I thought that was so cool about that was when you find these collectibles and the more of the story that you piece together, your characters actually bring that up in the dialogue. Whereas if you wouldn't have found different collectibles, your characters would have way less of an idea of what's going on. And I thought that was really well done and well implemented. And I also just, you know, really liked sort of the structure of this game where it's like, yeah, kill everybody or save everybody or different permutations of that. But it wasn't so complicated like i feel like more of the later 
super massive games, Dark Pictures Anthology trophy lists are, where it's like, oh yeah, three or four playthroughs, or bunches of saves coming, and all these things, and it's like, this game is two playthroughs. It's, it's really, really tight in that way. And it doesn't overstay its welcome. It's a really smooth game, goes down easy. The one thing that I don't necessarily love about it is the trophy artwork. Really, really basic, just a butterfly in different colors for every single trophy artwork. So that's maybe, you know, leaves a little bit to be desired. But overall, really fantastic game. And before I move on to my next game, I wanted to ask you guys, if you remember, who was your favorite uh, character in this game? Favorite and least favorite. Slugger, let's go to you first. <laughs> no, no. I don't remember anyone. Okay, well, Daryl, we can go to you first if you remember. Wait, I'm going to pull up a list while he talks. Uh, so least favorite was definitely Emily. Oh, I couldn't God. stand her, dude. Dude, she, she blows. So, she's, dude, I was like, man, Josh, Josh and uh, what's that dude's name? The, the, the jock. What was his name? Uh, Mike. 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 Those two should have been like, peace, Emily. We're going to coast mm-hmm. and be out of there. You know, we're, 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 we're going to be a couple. Yeah. Dude, I kind of played it like that where, you know, you have the option as, as uh, when you're playing as Matt, when you first meet up with Mike, you know, because the, the relationship there is Emily and Mike used to date and then you're Emily's new boyfriend, right? And when you first encounter him, you can choose to be a little bit more confrontational and be like, no, she's my girl now, bro. Or you can be like, oh, we're cool, man. What's going on? And I chose to be very cool with Mike to just be like, you and I are friends, you know, like, I, fuck this person. She's kind of mean. You and I were chilling, <laughs> you know, so I definitely did the same thing. Yeah, she was like my least favorite character, and I really, I really did like Mike. Mike was like the guy I was rooting for. I, I made every decision to where he will always live. I, I really liked his character development over the game. Me too. Me too. What about for your favorite character? Was he your favorite then? Yeah, he was my favorite. Um, I'm trying to remember that chick with the beanie. Ashley. Ashley. I really like Ashley a lot. She was pretty cute in the game. Me too. Um, yeah. Oh, gosh. What? I, I can't remember the, the names. So what's, the, what's, what's Josh's best friend's name? Chris. Chris. So this is funny. He's the guy I that like, looks like me. I was just going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like Colin. He almost sounds like Colin. And I was like, dude, I'm going to tell Colin, dude, just when were you in a video game, you lucky bastard? Yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> He's kind of nerdy too, and like a little bit weird. And yeah, I, I don't know. It's funny. I, I kind of identified with him the most as a character. So it's goofy, man. I look like him. But hey, nice. he and Ashley get together, so that's cool. I'm I'm down with that. But uh, yeah, I think those are good answers. When I first played through the game at a buddy's house back when it first launched, I at the time had this big old crush on Hayden Pantier. I thought she was like beautiful. She is beautiful. But, you know, I was really trying to do whatever I could to keep her alive. You know, I was like, we're going to keep Sam alive. I don't care what happens to the rest of these other characters. And a little bit of, you know, peek behind the curtain. It's actually impossible for you to kill Mike and Sam until the final chapter. It's the only place that they can die. So it's a little bit, once you know that, you're kind of like, ah, it takes a little bit of the, the scare away. But, yeah, the, you know, Sam, I, I was really into. But, yeah, in the more recent playthroughs, I think... Definitely Ashley was up there for me. And as far as the dudes, yeah, Mike, I think, is the coolest. Plus, he can save a wolf in, in the asylum, and you get a trophy for doing so. He's good to animals. That's how I played him, at least. And uh, really, I think I did that for all the animal encounters in the game. I was as peaceful as possible, right? Like, 
didn't shoot the squirrel in the beginning of the game, saved the dog, <laughs> fed him the bone, and then there's a por- portion where you're playing as Emily and uh, Matt, and these deer come at you, right? And they kind of like swarm you when you're on this cliff. And you have an axe in your hand, and you can choose to just, like, start fucking going to town on these deer. And I didn't do that, and I'm so glad I didn't, because they don't do anything. You just walk through them, you know? But, um, yeah, I tried to play it as, as conscious of animals as I could. But, all right, let's go to you, Slugger. You, you looked up the, the characters now, so what do you got? Least favorite, most yeah, favorite? I, so, I had to look. I haven't played this game since 2017. So, we're going on, like, six years of me visiting this story. I'll be honest. I remember these characters. I can't really remember the story beats and how they how they acted and who they were. I will say at the time of playing, uh, Sam was my favorite because I had a little schoolboy crush on Hayden Panettiere from Heroes. Dude, Save that's me too. Save the world. Yep. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, so, that's exactly why I felt the same way about her. It was like, yep, I got to keep my waifu alive and everyone else can kick rocks. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. Looking at it, I don't know that I can like make a good decision, but that's making me realize, especially now that I have the plat, maybe I should revisit this one and just do like a quick playthrough. Cause I'm even just looking at like the character images. I'm like, Oh yeah, I remember loving the story, but I can't really remember like the story beats. Oh, cool. Well then, so yeah, I would recommend might, it. Might have to revisit it to give you a good, like favorite and least favorite. You know what you should do? I don't know if your wife is interested in, I mean, this is a great game to play, like, with someone, you know, like, and just be like, what decision should we make? Like, how do you want to do this relationship? And um, around should Halloween, make all the decisions. <laughs> pretty great. Yeah. Around Halloween, good time to revisit it. And Stephanie loves this game. <clears throat> so when she saw me replaying it to Platinum, it, she was like, oh, so cool. Like, you know, she's really into it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cool. All right. So that was my first game. Uh, the second game that I went back and got was, uh, or not back, but the one I platinumed was Platinum number 86 for The Last of Us Part 1, which was a single playthrough for me. It took me about 15 hours, and no no lying or no flex in here. I played on normal, right? Like, the, there's no difficulty-related trophies for this game, but I figured, you know, whatever. I'll, I still do normal. I'm not going to do super, super easy or whatever. And I would recommend if you're going to do this game, just like I did, if you've if you've played it before and you, and the story is already you know known to you, follow the PS5 trophies all in one collectible guide. He's got it's about an hour and a half. It's all the optional conversations, all the shiv doors, all Ellie's jokes, all Firefly pendants, all comics, all training manuals. You get the gist. It's everything all in one, very well put together. You follow that thing, and you'll have the platinum by the end of your playthrough, plus the Left Behind DLC. Which, that's kind of the thing I wanted to highlight, was that I had actually never played Left Behind before. So getting to go to that and and play that for the first time was really wonderful. And this game, you know, I'll be the first to admit, I I was a bit wrong on this. I I hated on it when it was first announced and talked about. I was like, this game doesn't need a remake. It doesn't need to be touched again, especially for $70. Like, you can already play this on the PS4. And all those things are true to an extent. But after playing it, I'm a believer. I think it looks incredible, probably up there with Ragnarok and Ratchet as like the two best games, like visually that, uh, that I've ever played and they didn't really change anything. So if you're looking for like changes in cutscenes or things like that, th- those aren't there, but there's so much more detail in the world, right? Like I would frequently stop and just kind of listen to the soundscape and you hear like bugs flying all around you, birds in the distance, different bits of water dripping down on pipes. And you could look around and see this whole like ecosystem in the game. And it was so engaging and so like, you know, engrossing in that way. I just really loved it. And 
it solidified, I think I talked about it last night when I was drunk in party chat, <laughs> it solidified to me how much I really love this franchise. You know, I, I didn't love it with when I played the original, and then I played Last of Us Part Two last year, and it just really hit a chord with me, like one of the best scenes in any video game ever in that game that brought me to tears, just incredible. And going back and then playing this now alongside the show running on HBO was just a really wonderful experience. I, th- I think you've you really got to play this game. If you, if you own a PS5, you should play this game. Uh, no, no questions asked. And uh, yeah, it's a little bit of a bummer that there's no difficulty-related trophies in some sense, right? There's, there, you don't have to fully upgrade your weapons either. You have to fully upgrade one weapon, but you don't have to fully upgrade all of them, and you don't have to fully upgrade Joel with his supplements that you find in the game. So it is much easier, and there's no multiplayer. So the only reason that that's, I guess, negative in some sense is just that the platinum percentage is so high. So it's at 47.6% on PSN profiles. It's like pretty high up there. Um, And on the app, it's at 6.3%. It has got 24,000 game owners, 1,000 recent players, 11,500 platinum achievers and i'm curious to see if this number continues to go up i think they were talking a little bit on sacred symbols about how the sales for this game have increased since the show is doing so well and i would also call out that right now it is 29 percent off on the playstation app and the store to get this game i think it's a steal at that price it's it's really really great and yeah, I mean, not too much else to say about the game. It's originally released in 2013, right? But there's there's a couple new trophies, real quick, that I wanted to call out that I liked. Uh, number one is to uh, pet Buckley the dog. The trophy's called Who's a Good Boy? Love some good dog petting in a game. <laughs> and uh, especially after playing Last of Us Part Two, you see how dogs are in that game. Kind of nice to get a, a fun and good interaction with the dog in this game. And you also got one called Left Hanging for Leave Ellie Hanging after a job well done. It's to not give her a high five when you are given the opportunity to do so. Pretty funny. <laughs> and she remarks about it in the game, too. She's like, oh, it's not that hard to do. It takes like five seconds. God. <laughs> you know, she, gets all, she gets all pissed. Um, but yeah, just wonderful. Like, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm really in love with this franchise now. And based on the backlog picker, Sounds like I'm going to be going back and doing the PS4 version of this game, and I'm actually stoked. I'm not upset. I'm not worried about playing through the game a couple more times or anything. It's it's just great. So if you've not played it, check it out. Daryl, I do own it physically, so if you want to borrow it, you let me know. You can play it. Uh, otherwise, it is on sale right now. Highly, highly recommend Last of Us Part 1. Okay, and then finally, what I will talk about, and I'll go pretty quick here, sorry, I, I know I've been ranting, is uh, SpongeBob SquarePants, The Cosmic Shake. Now, I don't quite have the platinum for this. I'm probably an hour and a half away. I'm really close. I'm at 91% right now. But this game is at a 5.8% on the app, 29.39% on PSM profiles. It's just recently released on the 31st of January. And it's a very classic follow-up and sequel to Bikini Bottom, uh, SpongeBob Battle for Bikini Bottom, excuse me, and the rehydrated version of that, which I played a couple years back at this point. It's awesome, man. This has got 1,252 game owners, so not too many people have bought this thing. <laughs> uh, 750 recent players, though. So of the people who have bought it, it's got a higher recent player ratio than Last of Us Part 1, which I thought was really interesting. And it's got 368 platinum achievers. So... Coming along quite nicely. 
This game is only $40 as well, and there is only a PS4 version, but it does run quite well on the PS5. Almost no loading times, as you would expect. Um, but it's a very classic collectathon, right? You got a hub area, bikini bottom. From there, you're I'm not going to spoil the story. You go to different episode areas. How am I describing this? You go to different areas that are inspired by key episodes from the show, and you'll play through those. Each of those worlds has a main story, some collectibles to find, including golden spatulas. Uh, which is a returning collectible. And yeah, the, the game, I think, actually has a really, really good trophy list. There are a few combat-specific ones. We talked about this a few episodes ago when I reviewed the list when it got released. But yeah, the combat-specific trophies are not too bad, but you actually have to you know, think about manipulating AI and enemy spawns to do them. You have to make a concerted effort to go for them. You're not going to get all of them very naturally. And there are boss-specific trophies, which I got a couple on my first playthrough, but I did have to go back and, you know, actually take a couple attempts on some of these, uh, namely the one called Karate King, uh, which is to don't take damage during the Sandy boss fight. It's a three-phase boss fight with adds that spawn, so little enemies plus the main boss. And yeah, it probably took me like five attempts to do it, so, you know, not too shabby. And... Otherwise, it's just really, you know, you're collecting everything. You're going to have to go through, get all the gold coins to unlock costumes. You'll have to get all the golden spatulas and 100% clear every single level. And that's the last trophy that I have, which is want to see me do it again. Clear every level and defeat the final boss. So of the seven main worlds, I have five of them 100%ed plus Bikini Bottom 100%ed, the like hub world area. So I'll be done pretty soon. I'll probably have the Platinum tonight. So by the time you guys are hearing this tomorrow and, and beyond, uh, this will be Platinum number 87 for me. But yeah, really like it. I think the trophy artwork is great. I think it's a really good deal for $40. It's got a classic feel like Bikini Bottom did where all of the, this is what I was trying to explain to Slugger in party chat the other night. The, a collectathon to me in a 3D platformer is made or broken based on how well you feel like you can exploit the systems in the game, to me. Like, can I get out of bounds? Can I jump on this geometry and get to this area that maybe I'm not supposed to be in quite yet? Can I find movement tech in the game to extend the length of my jumps, right? So SpongeBob walks in this game at a pretty slow speed, but I've, and you have a double jump unlocked right away, but I figured out that his dodge, which is the circle button, he does like a little cartwheel, and then his attack, which is a spin with square, you can chain those things together to cancel animations and jump further and move way faster than you would by just walking. So right away, I figured out, okay, my movement tech for this game, press circle, square, jump, jump, circle, square, jump, jump. And that kind of shit allowed me to break the game, get out of bounds, you know, all this stuff. And I just think that that is really cool that they took that from Bikini Bottom Rehydrated and, and continued that with this game. So last thing I'll say for this is that the I checked out the speedruns already because I was curious. The world record for this game right now is already down to 52 minutes and 3 seconds for the PS5 version. So pretty incredible Jeez. stuff. <laughs> yeah, and I really look forward to seeing it at a GDQ event, hopefully in the future. So that's it for SpongeBob SquarePants, the Cosmic Shake, and that is what I have been playing. Any questions, you guys, before we pass it to Slugger? I do have some. Yeah, what's um, up? On Last of Us Part 1, is the Left Behind DLC include like, does it, is it inserted into the story, or do you have to, like, select it through the menu and you just play it as a separate experience? It is selected through the menu and played as a separate experience. 
But okay. I should note, because I thought my shit was glitched. This is a good question. I, I was like, man, <clears throat> I've gotten all the optional conversations in the main game. I did all of Ellie's jokes in the main game. Like, why isn't this trophy popping? It, all of it's tied together. So those trophies mm. track the main game plus Left Behind. So you're not going to get those gold trophy unlocks when you beat the main game. You'll have to do Left Behind as well. Okay. Yeah. And then I know Cosmic Shake, I don't know. It didn't seem to review as well as Bikini Bottom. Do you think it, I don't know what that's about, but do you think it holds up to Bikini Bottom? Like if we love Bikini Bottom, Cosmic Shake a good buy or good play, I should say. Mm. Yeah, that's a good question as well. I, I don't think it's quite as good, right? Like I think Bikini Bottom Rehydrated, I'd have to look, maybe scored like a seven or something like that. This game got a five from IGN, which I just think is bullshit. Like it's not. Yeah. I'm not saying it's like way, way off the mark. It's not like a 10, but I would give this game a solid like six and a half um, or 6.5. So if you liked Bikini Bottom Rehydrated, you like platformers and you have some sort of nostalgia or feelings about SpongeBob, you're going to really like this game and it goes down easy. It's like 15 hours and you'll be, you'll be done. So you'll, you'll probably be able to get it on sale at some point for like 20 bucks. I think it's well worth it for 20 bucks. So I'm kind of lucky. My local library has it. So oh man, after after Hogwarts and after Need for Speed, that was be the next <laughs> one I was gonna tackle. There you go, fantastic, Daryl. Anything from you, or should we good to pass it off? Not a question, but a comment. I'm glad you replaying The Last of Us has changed your opinion on that game and the franchise as a whole. Because I know when we first talked about Last of Us. I was on the hype train. I was like, oh, man, this game is freaking awesome. It's it's just one of the best stories I've ever played. And you're like, yeah, I played it. It was okay. Yeah, I but. know. <laughs> I know. I, I used to be kind of whatever on it, man. I don't know. I'm an idiot. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm less excited for Factions, the multiplayer game they're working on, than I would be for, like, a proper part three. But, you know, they got me. I'm going to check it out. <laughs> I'm, well, it I'm reminds me when I was... It reminds me of earlier this year, or maybe it was last year, where I was like, you have to play part two. And you're like, no, nah, I didn't really care for the first. I'm like, dude, you have to play part two. Like, what are you thinking? It's and, amazing. Yeah. And this is what I mean. I felt this way about Last of Us. I felt that way about in uh, Detroit, you know? And it's like, I go back and play these games. I'm like, these are fucking sick. So I don't know. It's so much of gaming is about being in the right headspace at the right time to play something. So, yeah. I don't know. Great stuff. Great stuff. Slugger, let's go to you. What have you been playing? Cool. Um, I was doing a lot of backlog cleanup. I'm on new stuff now, but I'll hit the backlog first. The last platinum I got was Mirror's Edge Catalyst, uh, which was platinum 307. Ooh, nice. This was this was deep into the backlog. So I'm looking at my trophy stamps right now. The first trophy I got in May of 2018. I got a couple more trophies until. August of 2018. So I kind of spread it out over that summer, like really slow rolled it, I guess. Mm-hmm. I know I went from May and then for a couple chapters and then to August. So I dropped it for a couple months. And then somewhere in August of 2018, I completely dropped the game, tried to revisit it in 2019, popped a couple more trophies, and I beat the game in 2019. And I think I was going to just drop it at that point. 2019, I was kind of going through my phase of like, there's not enough time in the world to get platinums anymore. I need to just focus on beating games and completing the story and like moving on so I can experience more things that and I still think that's a good mindset to have to gaming, but I'm not currently in that mindset. So (laughs) I'm in the completionist mindset. We're back in it. Yep. 
2023 hits and i'm like you know what i need to like this looks like a, a good game to clean up i remember having fun with it i didn't have a lot left after beating the game it was kind of like some miscellaneous trophies collectibles and kind of just cleaning up the open world so i went back here a couple of weeks ago in january and kind of did everything this was a really tough game to like i guess relearn I thought about just starting over completely because it's all parkour based. If you don't know about Mirror's Edge, it's like a first person free running parkour game. So you're sprinting around and you got to like leap over things and slide under things. And it's a little like non-standard control. So like you sprint or you jump with L1, you slide with L2. If you like run up a wall while you're running up the wall you press r1 and the camera whips around really fast and you're now looking out into the like opposite of the direction you were looking and you have to like jump off the wall oh man so there's a lot of like complicated controls that you have to like i guess get used to and um i did a couple they have these things called dashes which are like mini time trials in the game and you have to three star all the dashes and i tried to do a couple of those and i wasn't even getting one star i'm like oh no like this was a terrible game to drop. I can't believe I ever dropped this. And then I kind of just like, I don't want to say I suffered through it. My focus was run around, get the collectibles. And then like over time, just like getting the collectibles, I'll hopefully like pick the skills back up to like do the dashes. Yep. Yep. And um, I, and I actually kind of did it out of order. I was just kind of like clearing each, each section of the map as I went and there's really good video guides on three-starring every dash. You can just search up the name of the dash, like speed run. And people, it's kind of like you were saying with platformers, like they would just completely break the game or like, mm-hmm. so you have like red arrows that kind of direct you on like the path the game wants you to take on these dashes. And some of these videos would start off where the character's looking at the red arrow in front of him. And he immediately turns around and like runs the opposite direction and like runs backwards. And then he's like, running up the side of this building and zip lines across this way. Like there's no red arrows in sight. You have no idea where the hell this guy's going. And then he like just ends up at the, at like the end of the dash in like 20 seconds when the time limit is like a minute 30. And it's like, all right, how would I have ever figured that out? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I was able to kind of like cheese my way through the dash. A lot of the dashes had like, I guess, shortcuts like that that people have just kind of discovered like faster ways around than what the arrows like or how the arrows guide you. But yeah, I mean, it's a really cool game. I think it's a really satisfying game to like learn and master. Like there's such a thrill of like flying around rooftops and leaping from building to building or like you have like a grapple. Grapples are always fun. You can grapple off of things and oh, um, Chris Raygun special. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, Man, you like if you mess up a jump or something when you're jump jumping from roof to roof, like your character, the screen will stay like active the whole time you fall to the ground. And sometimes you're falling for a really long time. So every time, like, no matter how many times I did it, which happened a lot through this cleanup, like I would feel that pit in my stomach of like, oh shit, like like that falling feeling. Um, oh god, I don't know if you've ever I- felt that in games, like when you're falling from a something really high in a game, you kind of like get that pit feeling. Oh man. Um, So one time real quick, I don't mean to interrupt you, but yeah, the the one time that jumps out to me for that is battlefield (laughs) three on the Xbox 360. There's a mission where you skydive down to this like complex and 
the first time I did that, yeah, I got that feeling so bad in my stomach because I was playing with my Astros. And at the time, I was like, this is the best looking game I've ever seen. <laughs> and so I just, it totally, yeah, it threw me off, man. It threw me off for sure. Yeah, but I I don't know how that works. It's like it, it's tricking your brain, it, but it it's even worse in VR. I couldn't imagine a game like this in VR. <laughs> oh, fuck that. No way. No way. Um, Have you watched speedruns for the original um, Mirror's Edge? No, I should. Now, like, now that I'm kind of in it. Because playing this makes me want like a like a dope current current gen like number three or like a reboot of the series. I know. I'm surprised man. they never really came back to this. I think it. I don't think it did that well. Catalyst. Like I don't think it sold no, very well. Or, I don't think it did. Yeah. So I don't know if you'll get one of these necessarily again. What you might be able to get though is some sort of elements of this platforming mixed into the new Perfect Dark being developed for Xbox. So mm. that's kind of what I'm hoping for. That's a good shout. Yeah. Um but the game it like it runs really well. I'm looking now. It came out in June of 2016 and it runs at like 60 frames. Didn't like it I would say it stands up there with obviously not like PS5 games, but the game's like beautiful. And overall like a really fun experience. I would say the only like my only downside is the combat is a little clunky and you can kind of break the combat cuz they'll swarm you with enemies and you can you have punch on the square button and kick on the triangle button. But the enemies just like counter everything. And what I I found out I could run up a wall near an enemy, spin around, jump off the wall, and throw an attack down, and it's like a one hit knockout every time. So I kind of like broke the fights by just climbing up walls, whipping around, jumping off, rinse and repeat for five or six enemies, and it kind of breaks the combat. And then the other downside that I didn't really like was the collectibles. Um Maybe I've been too spoiled with a lot of open world games recently, but like open world games now kind of at least give you hints of like, hey, there's collectibles in this area or you get like a little ping feature. Like we have all these features now in games that I don't know, give you some awareness of where collectibles are around you in this game. All you really get is, hey, there's 10 documents in this zone, but this zone's like massive and there's there was really no way to track what ones I had picked up and what ones I was still missing. So I just sit there and go through each, like use a video guide, go through each zone collectible by collectible. And a lot of the times I was like just running up to empty spots because I had collected it in the past. So the collectible grind at the end was kind of no bueno, but it was a, it was a good cleanup. I'm happy to have it done and kind of checked off and maybe one day we'll see more, but who knows? And then um, I'll go Collins' route on this because I find it interesting as well. There was 132,000 game owners, 38 recent players. So there's still, there's literally tens of us out there still playing this thing. (laughs) There are dozens of you. (laughs) (laughs) Dozens. And then 10,635 platinum achievers, giving it an 8.01%. So a a nice, decently rare uh, game checked off the backlog. Hell yeah. Any questions on Mirror's Edge before I move on? Mm, I mean, what would you rate it like overall, I guess? Because this is one in a fran- it's a franchise I've been curious about. And I'm just like, I don't is it is it a good game, like a good story? You know, I know the trophy hunt is sometimes eh. tough to separate from it, but is is it a good game or no? I think the the story's kind of forgettable. The gameplay 
the gameplay is a lot of fun. Yeah. Like ultimately, if you're just looking for fun gameplay, I think it's there. But this or um, Ghost Runner, which one? Oh, Ghost Runner. Okay, there we go. But it like if you like the Ghost Runner movement and traversal, it's all it's very very similar. But you have like abilities in Ghost Runner, where in this it's all just like very natural, free form running. Gotcha. Parkour and pa- parkour. <laughs> uh, nice. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, if you're looking for. I bet it's cheap all the time. I'm pretty sure it's on the EA Play subscription. Like, there's cheap ways to play it. Yeah, it might be an um, Xbox Play for me. Yeah, yeah, it's probably over there on Game Pass. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right, um, right on. Cool. Next up, so I finished that. I went. I'm not gonna really talk about these games, but I bounced around trying to figure out the next thing to play. I actually dove back into Vampire: The Masquerade: Blood Hunt, that vampire uh, VR we dabbled with for a bit. Oh, yeah. Um, Don't say we. I didn't ever do that. (laughs) I thought you did. I I steered away from that because I knew what was going to happen, you know? (laughs) Yeah, you were probably smart. Um, Yeah, cleaned up some trophies there. There's this indie game called Runner 3. I must have been in a running mood. (laughs) Popped a couple trophies there, but that didn't really stick. So I was at least making completion percentage uh, gains there, but none of those really stuck around. And then Minecraft Dungeons. Nice. This hit and kind of stuck because I went on a work trip and I bought I brought my backbone with me uh, to try and like remote play because I'm still trying to figure out like do I like the remote play should I just travel with the system like what works better. This was a little two day trip so I wasn't really gonna pack up my whole system but I'm like oh, I'll bring the backbone. And I was trying to find a, a game that is still enjoyable but. I don't know. Still, like, kind of active, but didn't need, like, the precise timing. Um, Because there's definitely some input lag when you have, like, the remote play. So I dabbled in Minecraft Dungeons again. So I was really close to the Platinum on this game. Like, the Platinum will come pretty naturally. You have to just beat the game on each difficulty. There's three difficulties. And there's a whole bunch of in-between stuff that really just comes naturally as you play. So... Overall, just beat the game three times and the Platinum's yours. I was in the middle of my third playthrough when lightning struck my house like a year and a half, two years ago and oh, fried yeah. my PS5. And oh. I I don't know what happened because games, I have everything set up to like auto-upload cloud saves. This one never auto-uploaded and I don't know why. So I almost dropped it for good. And I was really like disgruntled that I was going to have to start a new character, start all the way over. And then I kind of going through this whole backlog cleanup grind. This is one that like Trophy Advisor is recommending me. Like it's the next most common one on mm. my list at 24.86%. So I'm like, cool, I'll try and dabble on this on remote play. And get back into it. I mean, it's it's a pretty fun game. Um, it's very much just a Diablo clone. Like that's all it is. Take Diablo 3, slap a Minecraft skin over top of it this is your game like yeah i guess it's diablo 3 you kind of have those open world aspects this one you don't really have that you each level is like its own zone so you just like you have an overworld map and you pick a level and you like warp to it and then you go through that zone beat a boss or do some objective and you leave and get your loot but yeah i mean it's pretty fun um there's something about like these loot games where like you get those little incremental gains of just like 
green or well in this game to have like green arrows like oh, i picked up this sword and there's a green arrow next to it that means it's better than the sword i'm wearing i'm gonna equip it and i get a nice little like uh God, i'm badass little dopamine hit yeah a little dopamine hit like popping a trophy it's like cool i'm a little stronger now i'm a little better so yeah that's kind of fun just running through it recollecting all the loot uh the base game list super easy like anyone could probably do this my only gripe with this game and this is similar to Minecraft, is the DLC trophies are frigging never-ending. So if you care about the 100%, this is not the game for you. Because I think the base game takes like 20 to 25 hours. Let's see. wrote mm. it down here. There's 25 base game trophies. There's 80 DLC trophies. 80. 8-0. 80? And it's like... Um, who, do you, who the fuck do you think you are? 80 <laughs> trophies dude what no wonder my completion percentage is so low dude this game's tanking yeah yeah do you have the plat in this no man i don't okay yeah i now i don't even want to go back and get 80 deals anyway yeah well some of the trophies are like some of the dlc trophies are super easy like just just beat this dlc level all right cool some of these are like absurd one so i'm gonna give some examples on the DLC, that's kind of where I want to focus. There's this one called Jungle Fungus. Defeat the Mushroom Monstrosity using only gear unique to the jungle. Sounds pretty easy. This is a play on that secret cow level on Diablo. Mm. But the only way you unlock the secret level is you have to like replay the, I think it was nine levels of the base game. And there's like hidden runes you have to find in these nine levels i didn't realize that's how you unlock this so i played through all these levels in this cleanup multiple times not realizing i should be like looking out for these runes and then i like finally read this trophy and i'm like oh my god i gotta go back and replay this all again just to get these stupid runes Mm -hmm. and then later on more gripes uh all the dlc is pretty standard just new levels eventually dlc pack six they added seasons like your typical battle pass in a free-to-play game some of these trophies require you to like use certain items that you unlock late, late into the battle pass. So not only do you have to now, granted, these battle passes don't expire. So and they're super cheap. Like I think I spent four dollars on the season one battle pass and it doesn't expire. I can work on it, you know, however long it takes me. But one of these is like complete this level on the apocalypse difficulty with the golden parrot as your companion. The golden parrot you unlock at level 75 in this battle pass. Okay. So it's like Yeah, what? And then there's a trophy list for each season, and each season has something like that. Like complete season three, complete this level with the desert rabbit. Same thing. You're not getting these companions until late into the battle pass. So they want you to go through like if you want the hundred percent, you're grinding through multiple battle passes. And it takes forever. I probably put five to ten hours in this cleanup okay only focusing on the season one battle pass and i think i'm only at like level 20 so it's gonna be like this is gonna be a long-term goal that i'm working on for the next few weeks so i'm not gonna bring it up every time it's kind of turned into a side game that i'll kind of just slowly chip away at pop in here there for a level yep and back out so yeah working on the plat for that that's gonna be a long one i think getting 100 percent would be dope I think what worries me is with the seasonal stuff, I'm not sure when season three came out, but if there's going to be more seasons, like 
I'm worried they're going to release this stuff faster than I can get it done. And like every time I get close to like getting caught up, they're just going to keep adding more and more. Yeah. Because they're still I, doing the same like with Mine, like Minecraft. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Damn, dude. So. That's a. We'll yeah. see. Yeah. That's intense. I, I do really want to go back and, and do this. This game has got a little bit of a sore spot for me because I remember showing it to Stephanie, like the trailer. And she was like, yeah, that looks pretty cool. We should play it. So I was like, all right, I'm going to get it. So I got it. And we played probably like seven hours. And then she just kind of lost interest. And so, yeah, <laughs> it's just been sitting there forever. I well, don't if know. you still have your save and at least have the base or like still have your character, I'm totally down to work. Like the apocalypse difficulty beating the boss there would be super easy with the two of us. Would it? Okay. Um, and you could at least get that platinum done and get a little bit of gains. But I understand if you don't want to pull that like to the top of your list, if it's down there hiding at the bottom. Yeah, it's 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 down there and I don't have the save, so I'd have to start completely over. But like I wasn't very far into it. You know what I mean? So it's not like, yeah, it, it wouldn't take. I mean, I'd be caught up in a couple like a week. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. There are other things that are uh, more on my priority list for cleanup this year. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, I don't mean to rag on it. It's like it's a really good like Diablo clone. Like it, it's, I don't know. It, like it does that. It copies that genre well, so mm-hmm. I think it's worth checking out if you like Minecraft or if you like Diablo. Just kind of go into it with the expectations of like, if you want the hundred percent, it's going to be a long, long grind. Yep. And that's the thing now because my mall fucking on completion percentage, dude. I would want the 100%. Otherwise, it won't yeah. count as a completed game. I can't believe this shit. Yeah. Now I got to go back and do Last of Us Part 2 Grounded <clears throat> and Permadeath. Son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Um, and then, last but not least, these will be kind of quick. Um, I hit 56%. I was going to brag about it on the show. And then I decided, you know what? I'm going to celebrate and start something new. Because I'm tired of doing all these backlog cleanup games. Nothing's really sticking. There's lots of new games that I want to try. And I went to my library and I picked up Need for Speed Unbound, which, yes. It, so I'm gonna give my first impressions of this, and I also started Hogwarts, uh, which I purchased. Need for Speed Unbound, I man, I want to really, really like it. Like when I don't know, I guess I'm mixed on it right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. There's like four chapters to the story. I'm one chapter complete. They take a little bit. I don't really like the gameplay loop. I guess how the gameplay loop works is you have a day, a day and night cycle, and you have like a whole week. So uh, you spawn in on Monday, you do a couple races in the day, uh, collect some cash, your heat kind of builds up. And if you know what heat is, that's like cops are kind of like wanted stars on GTA. Like cops are more likely to bug you the higher your heat is. So you do a couple races in the day. Whenever you feel like you're comfortable or you're done with the amount of heat and cash you collected, you go back to like a warehouse, everything gets reset, your money gets bank or your heat resets, your money goes into a bank and your money is safe. Okay. You go into the night, the night cycle and you kind of repeat the process or sorry, you know what? Your heat doesn't reset from day to night. What? Um, they stay on you. So the cops are on you like yeah. blue, bro. So they stay on you for the day. So by the end of like the night cycle for that specific day, you're at heat like four or five out of five and cops are all over you. They're all over the city. You're trying to like lose the cops so you can go back to a warehouse and like because they won't let you enter a warehouse if you're in a chase. The problem is if you get to heat like three 
or above, the cops do not stop chasing you. And they're everywhere. Like, and it just really like slows the game down. Mm. Like, I feel like I've spent 75% of my time just trying to get out of cop chases. Okay. There's almost too many cops in the game. Yeah. And I don't remember that being a thing. I mean, I don't have a lot of experience with Need for Speed, but Need for Speed Underground, I fucking loved. And that wasn't a mechanic in that game, really. Yeah, they like, didn't have cops. Like, you dealt with traffic, and in particular, the drag races, where you had to, like, switch gear at the right time, and, you you know, it's like one-on-one race, straight line kind of thing. Those, the yep. traffic was, was pretty cool, and, like, actually, you had to strategize, like, how to get around stuff. But, yeah, I don't remember there being cops in that game, and it, it was perfect. You just got to go as fast as you wanted. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is very much, it's an open world game, so. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, just, it's really frustrating going from race to race. And you will you can see the cops on your mini-map, so it's like, all right, a cop's going left to right on this intersection that I'm trying to go through, so I gotta, like, stop here for a second and let the cop pass. Like, I'm constantly almost, like, hiding from the cops, which is, I guess, realistic in a sense, but it... It's like, I just want to get to the next race. Yeah. Just let me get to the next race, please. Like, I already have to go, like, 3,000 meters away to find the next race. Right. Like, I don't want to have to sit here and keep stopping or dodging cops. So that's a little frustrating. And then, what else? I'm starting to see the same races over and over again. Okay. And I did read this complaint on a PSN Profiles guide, or on a thread, where, like, you have this big open world, but... Like, for how big the world is, there's really not a lot of race variation. You're seeing the same locations and the same races over and over again. Sure. I've, like I said, I'm only one chapter complete out of four. And some of these levels I've raced, or, like, circuits, I've raced, like, three times already. It's like I'm starting to see the same stuff over and over again. But, yeah, the actual gameplay is pretty fun. It took me a minute to get used to the handling um, because I really want you to, like, drift everywhere. I was trying to play it too much, like grand turismo 7 like a sim racer where i'm like breaking before a turn and then like i don't know making a nice smooth turn no they want you going into the turn like full speed like sliding into a drift whipping around the corner once you kind of figure that out and figure out how i guess the physics work with the racing it's pretty fun and pretty fast but yeah the i would say the cop the cop issue is what's kind of holding me back from really loving it Okay. Well, it's a good thing you got it from the library, right? You didn't pay for it. Yeah, but now I got to finish it and get the hundred percent. Return that I fucker am a little and nervous. get Cosmic Shake, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I am a little nervous about uh, the online trophies. Uh, I'll hit that real quick. There's a bunch of trophies. Most of them seem pretty doable, but there's one of them where you have to complete an online series with seven other players, and so it's a lobby of eight players. You're one of the eight. So you need seven other players, and a series is three races long. So you need eight players to sit there or to race three times in a row, and no one leaves. Like, mm. if anyone leaves or disconnects, the trophy's null and void, and you have to start over or try it again. Okay. Um, mm. So I'm, it, there's really no way to boost it. You can get up to three other people in your party, so you can at least four of you can fill up half of a lobby. And you just kind of have to hope that the other four are willing to stick around and do the races. But yeah, I don't know. It's a little bit of RNG. I don't really like trophies where I'm reliant on other people sticking around. Right. Um, So maybe I'll get lucky because some people are reporting like, oh, I got it my first go or I got it after like my third try. So 
hopefully that online community is kind of dedicated enough where they actually want to do the races and actually stick around and like compete. So we'll see on that one. A little okay. nervous about that. Okay. Fair enough. That, yeah. That, that, that was part of the reason I wanted to, like, I knew I wanted to play this. So I was like, I need to go for this soon while the game's still popular and still has a semi like decent online community. Yep. That's um, a smart move. Yeah. So that's Need for Speed Unbound. First impressions. Hopefully I have a, can talk more on it here in the next couple of weeks on a platinum. And then last but not least is Hogwarts. This will be even faster. First impressions. Um, I am about three or four hours into the game. I personally am really freaking loving it. Uh, Need awesome. for Speed might honestly take like a backseat on like what I'm playing right now. Cause man, it's just it's so cool walking around Hogwarts. Like, <laughs> it is, dude. I can't. I can only imagine. It was like cool the on the GameCube of... games for fucking Prisoner, you know, or uh, what was it? Chamber of Secrets. I think I played on GameCube. So sick, even on that. So I can only imagine. Yeah. Like the level of detail and care they put into the castle and how the different wings look, and uh, it's just like you can tell they really like cared about the ip enough to like do it as service like there's so many times i'm walking around the castle and i'm like stopping to look at paintings that are moving mm -hmm. or like i'll see a statue on display in a corner and it's like oh i'm gonna go check out what this statue is and like read the lore about this the the characters are pretty cool so far i don't really know many like i said four hours sounds like a lot but i'm i still feel like i'm very much like in the prologue of the game, like I'm still very early. Yeah, I would imagine um, that's pretty heavy cutscene for the first bit of that too. So it's like yeah, you've had yep. maybe like two hours of gameplay, you know? So it's, yeah. Yeah, the first like 45 minutes was very, very cutscene story heavy. Yep. Um, but yeah, just kind of walking around the castle. They have collectibles everywhere. Um, trying to figure out like, and there's a lot of puzzles and things to interact with, kind of like Lego games when you're running around the open world. It's like, and you're trying to find what character you need to solve this certain puzzle. That's how I feel. But instead of characters, it's spells. Like, all right, I see this thing. Like, I'm going to sit here and test all my spells on this thing to see if I can, like, collect it or make it activate or, like, do whatever I want it to do. Um, and there's a lot of things like that. And I'm finding out, like, all right, I just don't have the spells to do this. Yeah. But yeah, it's, I'm really, really liking it so far. Uh, honestly, I'm excited to play more and kind of give you guys full thoughts on it after i get the platinum yeah i'll 100 be going for the platinum in this so i'm, I'm curious more it. of the time it takes right because we speculated it was or i speculated i'm not going to put you guys in there too that it was going to take a long time based on what i had read and seen and you know about the list but then skrillis was telling us it maybe isn't quite as long of a platinum hunt as we thought that you don't actually need to beat the game with all four houses. So be curious to hear, like, because, like, again, I heard that game, if you want to do everything, could be, like, 70 hours for your first playthrough. Yeah. So. There's, yeah, there's those four trophies to reach a certain room or a point in the story with each house. And I've been playing, like I said, four hours. I haven't hit that point yet. But granted, I'm, like, I'm really taking my time with it. Like when characters are talking, I'm letting the voice actors like give their whole spiel. I'm not skipping anything or like reading it and then skipping their lines. Yep. Um, like me, I'm walking Spongebob. around the castle. Yeah. I'm walking <laughs> around the castle exploring. I think power pick said you could, it's about two hours to get to that point. 
and I'm not there yet. So I imagine that two hours is like skipping cutscenes, not talking to anyone, not exploring, like just going point to point to point. But yeah, overall, I'm I'm really digging it so far. Um, I'm happy I bought it. Uh, I talk all the time about how I love when games interest my wife, and my wife's been totally hooked. So I've been really only trying to play it when she's awake, and we can kind of like talk about it as we play. Cool. Um, so yeah, loving it. Yeah, Daryl, are you interested in Hogwarts Legacy, or are you are you gonna skip it? What are you thinking for this guy? Uh, so a, f- a few of my friends on my PlayStation profile had been playing it, so uh, I'm pretty excited to check it out. And now that I'm hearing Slugger's having fun with it, um, only that he's like a few hours in, I think I might want to pull the trigger on this game as well. Um, <laughs> yeah, Skr- <laughs> I told my Skrillis wife, is loving it too. That's that's cool, man. Because I was a little worried about this game just because, you know, these kind of games have, like, a tendency to not do as well. Like, mm-hmm. games that are made after movies or movies that are made after games, they typically don't do as well. But it seems like everyone's having a really good time with it. And I like Harry Potter. I grew up on Harry Potter. So it's really good to hear that uh, people are enjoying this game for sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I th- I think if you like Harry Potter, you- you'll love this. Like, yeah, um, I think so. I'm hooked. So, yeah. That's all I got. If you guys don't have any questions or further thoughts on anything I've been jamming on. I mean, the only thing I would say is just I'm also interested in the game, but I, it's, I'm not purchasing it right now, not because of any sort of political or social statement. I'm just not getting it because I don't think I would play it right now. And like we talked about, I'm really trying to do better at that and it wasn't on my list of four to five games that i was for sure going to get this year so what what it might end up being for me is like this feels like a really good like winter time game right so in all honesty it might be like it's on sale at the end of this year and i'll pick it up and play it around like december you know um yeah so i'll be curious to see see what it looks like is there a trophy guide out for it yet did you already say that i'm sorry Uh, yeah there is our picks has one up that's right okay okay I haven't actually read it. Um, nothing's missable, so I'm going into it completely blind with no guides. I'm gonna try and do it all. I'm sure once I beat the game, I may need a collectible guide, but we'll see on that. Yeah, I love that. I don't really know if there's any way to like track collectibles yet. I haven't really paid attention. So. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Okay, well, very good, Daryl. Let's get to you. What have you been playing, man? Ooh, man. I've been playing a ton of games, just like you guys. I, I think I've been playing just a little bit more, but the reason why I kind of painted the backlog uh, in a positive light is because out of the five games I'm going to touch on at different lengths, uh, three of them did come from my backlog. So, Oh, wow. Okay. I, I chose some pretty good games from the backlog. Uh, the first game, um, just an update. I did get the Inscription Platinum number 62. Well done. I've already talked about this game, so just want to let you know. I did get it, and I think it was only like 30 minutes after we last recorded. <laughs> Damn. So, um, yeah, that's like me with SpongeBob, dude. I'm going to get it today, <laughs> like pretty pretty soon. So, yeah, fun stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, one of the new games that I've been playing and, and I had a lot of fun with was A Plague Tale Innocence. Mm. So, um, this is why... Um, I kind of chuckle when you you decide to choose this game as your uh, trophy game yep. uh, for the episode. I really like this game. 
I'm not sure why I chose this game to play. I think it was just something I wanted to play uh, for a, a good story. And I remember you played this game, Colin. You said it was a fairly short game. So I think that was the reason why I chose it after putting, you know, 40 to 50 hours in the inscription. I, I just wanted something that was a really short game. And I really liked this game. It was a fun game. Great game. Great characters was a fun weapon to use and this is like one of the reasons why I really like this game a lot because I like games where your weapon convention isn't a gun I feel like there's way too many games out there where your primary weapon is a gun and not to hate on it but I do like when games have different variety when it comes to weapon conventions so mm -hmm. Tomb Raider was a really cool one I used the bow and arrow a lot in the game and the sling was a really fun weapon. So I enjoyed using that. There's different variations you can use for the sling. Um, ways to take down different enemies with the sling. So that's really cool. Um, however, I think I share the same gripe that you um, had talked about, Colin. Is that the sling doesn't really always work out as you would like it to in certain sections of the game. It's a little buggy and, sometimes. Yeah. Especially in one level towards the end and i'm not going to say too much because i don't want to spoil it for people who haven't played it but it's one section of the game where you're defending a character and you got archers shooting from above and then you got like three or four light enemies that are chasing you down and you basically have to defend yourself because you know the enemies in the game can one shot you if they get close enough um but yeah, it was just, it didn't work out as well because, you know, I'm trying to shoot the archers and then, you know, Hugo's saying, hey, there's guys coming. And then you got guys rushing you. So it was kind of hard to kind of like switch between like which was, which enemy was priority, you know? Right. Um, but other than that, I really liked the game. The, the level design in this game was freaking awesome. I liked the level design and it was probably like the best highlight in this game because. You know, at the very beginning of the game, you're kind of like almost in this serene landscape. Like, oh man, like, I thought this game was supposed to be pretty bad, you know, a plague tale. But like, you don't really get that notion until the very big, uh, until like a few minutes into the game where you're like in the serene landscape and then you're on a hunting trip and then you kind of see the landscape change and then it gets worse after that. Mm -hmm. And, I really like that a lot. And I personally love the battlefield and the plague oh, and the city levels because you, you just see the devastation of war and disease. Mm -hmm. um, it, yeah, the battlefield was insane. You're just walking in the aftermath. Crows are feasting on corpses and your your character struggles to walk because there's bodies everywhere. Yeah, it's and really disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> It is, and if you think that's disgusting, just wait until you get to the city, mm -hmm. uh, for those who haven't played, because, like, I was like, what the hell? I can even imagine during that time how bad it was, you know, those times where the plague was just insane, you know, it just makes me think, like, frick, this actually happened. Yeah, um, it, it is crazy how much of a part of war disease was, like, during those times, you know, and, Yeah. It, it was a, a major impact, even up all the way through like World War One, with like malaria and different like trench diseases, and yeah, it's 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 pretty wild. That that's one of the things I really loved about the game was the time period, and you just don't see a lot of games that cover that stuff. So, yeah, I know it was freaking insane, just to be just to think like 
at a period of time in history, like this actually happened. Not the whole rats thing, like, yeah. you know, just like swarming <laughs> everywhere. And you're like, oh, snap. You yeah, know? that happened, dude. That's real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they cyclone out of the ground at you. Yeah, totally happened. <laughs> which, which was freaking terrifying. I was like, you know, at, at, at the section in the game where you start to see that, you're like, what are the rats doing? I've never seen this before. Yeah. And then you're like, yeah, what are they doing? And at, at a point in the game, dude, they're just like freaking tornadoing at you. I'm like, whoa, whoa, what the hell's going on? This is <laughs> <It's> too much. <laughs> this is not, yeah. yeah. It's a little wild there at mm. the end. Yeah, the the final oh, yeah. boss fight. What the fuck? <laughs> dude, yeah, I was sick. Probably the, a, that was a really cool boss fight. I like that. I did too. Yeah. But overall, amazing game. If you haven't checked it out, I highly recommend that you do. Story's freaking amazing. And I did use um did use a guide on this for the collectibles. Just because I, I wanted to enjoy the story, but I didn't want to do a ton of replay at the end. I just yeah. wanted to like breeze through it. And I'm glad I did because I think before I used the guide, there's like some cleanup towards the end for like three or four trophies or three or four collectibles, but it wasn't too bad. I pretty much did the exact same thing. I like did the first few chapters and then was like, eh, I'm going to start using the guide. And so at the very end, I had to go clean up the first few chapters and stuff. But it wasn't too bad. Yep. Easy trophy list. Great game. Absolutely recommend it. Uh, so second game. So I've talked about this before in the episode. So I'm a man of my word. I came through with the Erica Platinum, number 64. <laughs> Dear God. <laughs> so I've come back with some findings on this game and hopefully it can kind of like lessen this whole stigma about this game so erica platinum eight hours six playthroughs eight hours <laughs> that's all it took for the platinum that's not bad it's not bad is it it's not bad. is it enjoyable Ooh, enjoy, uh, enjoyable. Is not <laughs> if that's not a yes, the fact well, that it's not just a yes is <laughs> then it's like I don't know, dude. Oh man, there's parts of the game where I'm just like, oh man, uh, this this game is not that fun, and I don't think it's meant to be fun. It's meant to be just an easy trophy list. Like the story, I don't even know what the story was about. <laughs> I think that's one of the downfalls <laughs> of the game. It's that the story, I had no idea what it was about. It has a good story, but it just doesn't answer a lot of the questions I had about it. So that's what kind of like hurt the game in that respect. But I'm very curious to hear about why a lot of trophy hunters did not enjoy trophy hunting this game. Because there's the illusion it's an easy, it's an easy trophy hunt, which it really is. But I'm curious about the way they went about tackling the platinum hunt, because for me, it it was actually not that bad. Uh, one playthrough is roughly an hour and forty five, so not terrible at all when you compare it to like full playthroughs of Until Dawn, and the Quarry. And when I looked it up on YouTube, the Quarry is roughly seven hours for one playthrough. So seven hours of the Quarry. You already have your platinum for Erica. Mm, yeah, but the quality uh, of those seven hours. <laughs> yeah. So the way that I went about it is I did a playthrough every day. So it took me almost a week. 
to get the whole platinum. I did one play through it a, a day, so it kind of like didn't make it so bad. So I'm wondering if a lot of people who didn't like the platinum is because they did it all like within the same day or a period of two days. I'm not sure. I'm curious to hear what, how they did it. Yeah, for me it wasn't so bad. Uh, two things I didn't like about this game was the functionality of the touchpad being used um, and the trophy notifications. So the way you chose your decisions in the game is through the use of the touchpad. So if you play games, interactive games like um, like The Walking Dead or um, blah, 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 Detroit Become Human, I've never played Detroit Become Human, but I'm assuming that game you just use the buttons, right? Yeah, you use the, the, face, the face buttons. Yep. Yeah. So this game doesn't do that. You have to make all your decisions with the touchpad, which doesn't seem all that difficult. But when you're trying to freaking thumb to the answer you you want, it, it gets pretty complicated, and a lot of the decisions you're supposed to choose have a countdown so if you don't pick that answer quick enough you know there's like this default scene that takes place and the reason why i didn't like the touchpad because there's sometimes where like i'm like scrolling over to the answer i slightly lift my thumb and it picks an answer i didn't mean to choose um i had that happen a couple of times yeah luckily it didn't affect the outcome of the story. I was still able to complete the run and get the trophies I was aiming for. But, you know, there, there's a chance where you can choose an, like the wrong answer and can just affect the whole outcome of the story. And then you might get like a different ending or like a different result. Um, yeah, it's just there's too much up, up in the air, you know, for, for mistakes to happen. So... That was one thing I didn't like. The second thing I didn't like is you don't get trophy notifications to the very end of the game. So yeah, fuck that. You know what? what? Yeah, what? <laughs> it's it's pretty annoying. Like you know, like a lot of the trophies are spread throughout the game, and you know you might be confident that you probably unlocked it, but you won't be able to know until the very end of the game. And the weird thing for me is that when I completed the run, I think this is a, a slight glitch in the game. I know I popped maybe six trophies in one playthrough, but it'll only pop a couple. And then I won't get any pop-ups for the remaining four. Hmm. So I'm left thinking, oh, wow, did I mess up? But when I look at my trophy list, it'll show, like, everything I popped, like, those six trophies. Okay. Theoretically. Okay. Yeah, so... It'll pop up there, but for some reason, the notifications just won't all pop. Maybe it's because it's just a mass amount of trophies popping up. The game's just like, oh, you know what? We'll give you two and then the four, uh, but who cares? Mm. But the worrisome thing about it is just, you know, you don't know if you actually got the trophy until the very end, which was worrying at times. And just throwing the fact that all your trophies don't pop up you only get like a couple notifications. Yeah. That was also another annoying thing. So I had to constantly pull up my trophy list after each run. I was like, all right, cool. Got this, got that. All right, cool. I got all the trophies I was aiming for in that particular playthrough. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, yeah. 
Interesting. It's kind of a weird one. I mean, like, so Detroit, you, you didn't get trophy pops till the end of the chapter. And that even freaked me out a couple times where I was like, did I do the right thing? Like, uh, until I, until I realized it. So end of the game, man, that'd be, that's tough. That's tough. Yeah, it is pretty tough. So th those are like the two things I really did not like about the game. And I think I probably shared that resentment with most trophy hunters. It's just the fact that you're using the touchpad to make some quick decision making and you're not knowing about the trophies you've unlocked until the very end. So I think that's where a lot of the community agrees that this game kind of sucks. Mm. But, but, Mappy the report that came out of the woods unscathed. No major injuries were sustained. I still had 20-20 vision and movement in all my fingers and toes. So <laughs> really good. However, however, I am haunted for the rest of my life because of a particular song that's in this game. For those who are listening who have played Erica, I'm sorry that I've just triggered this song in your head again. Because after playing this game six straight times... The song has just been imprinted in my head. That melody is in my brain forever, and there's no remedy for that. There's no way I can get it out. If I think of Erica, I'm just thinking of that tune. Just thinking of it. I'm like, damn, those guys are right. The song is just stuck in your brain forever. Dear God. At the Trophy Hunter, JB Trophy Hunter, you guys know I'm talking about. Sorry that I've um, re-triggered that PTSD of this game for you. Uh, <laughs> uh, so anyone interested in this easy play, you have been warned. You have been warned by myself, the tall Simone guy. So be warned. Okay. Be careful. Okay. Uh, shout out to Bad Driver for his or her platinum guide. I follow his or her platinum guide from beginning to end. It was very helpful. So thank you very much for that guide. Um, Yeah, those are like the two detailed platinum hunts i had and then i kind of dived into a few other games so right now i'm playing Callisto protocol I'm about three hours away from completing the story i like Callisto protocol it's a fun game um thing, oh i'm playing this game and dead space the thing that sucks about these two games it has nothing to do with the game it's just that i like playing these games at night and then lately i've been like super tired so i haven't been able to play them yeah. So I'm hoping tonight I can at least knock out close to protocol. Three hours left shouldn't be an issue. Are you playing on maximum security for that game? I am. Nice. I am playing on maximum security. And the game is not all that difficult at that level of difficulty. So it's fairly... It's, it's slightly challenging, but it's, it's pretty slightly easy as well. That yeah. Makes sense. I mean, I knew it wasn't going to be horrible when Carcinogen had a YouTube video out within a week that was no damage, maximum security, all collectibles, all files in less than four hours. I was like, okay, well, this game can't be that bad. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. pretty no. wild. Yeah, it's it's not all that difficult. Yeah. I like it. It's um, it's fun. Well, once I get the platinum, hopefully by the next episode, I'll kind of dive into more of the uh, the things I liked about it, things I didn't like. Sure. Um, another game I pulled from my backlog. Ooh, man. Colin, I don't think you played this game. Slugger, have you played Heavy Rain? Not, yeah, not very far. I did a chapter or two on the PS3 days. Oh, my goodness. Heavy Rain, dude. This is one of those games where I'm like, where have I been all my life? I've been, dude, heavy rain, dude, this game is 
freaking sick. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. Let me I, see what this fucker... The reason I avoided it is because I, like, had read somewhere that it was just really a lot of playthroughs. And I don't know yeah, if that's true. Yeah, I thought it was, true. like, a stressful trophy hunt. Yeah. Similar to Erica, like, if you fuck up, like, you have to, like, start all the way over. That didn't really cross my mind. It was more of the story. So, Colin, you kind of, like... You kind of were like the contributing factor to me playing Heavy Rain because oh. I really wanted to play Detroit Become Human, mm -hmm. but I was like, ah, that's that's a that's a newer game. Let me play an older game from that developer. Yeah. So I decided to play Heavy Rain, and I'm glad I did. I heard people talk about this game. Um, very good game. Whew! I wish I was playing it during those two to three weeks that we had rain out here because that was the perfect setting for this game because the rain's like a and the rain's it's like a it's like a background character in the game the rain adds to the whole suspense of the story mm -hmm. uh, which is really cool so really cool game i i finished my first playthrough of it and i'm actually excited to go back in and clean up the rest i i did see that there's gonna be multiple playthroughs which i'm not really excited about but I think just the overall uh, game experience itself is what's going to keep me uh, committed to that Platinum Hunt. So, very cool game. Another game you should check out as well. I think it was on PS Plus back in the days. So I think that's the reason yeah. why it's in my backlog. So, Colin, Did I'm not it? sure. It's in mine, too. I actually double-checked. Oh. Yeah, but what I will say, it looks like there's a lot of endings. I don't. It's weird because when I'm on PSM profiles right now, there's not like a traditional looking trophy guide for this game. It's very odd. There's no playthrough counter at the top. There's no difficulty or hours. It's just like a guide with like a bunch of text underneath it. And um, yeah, so it's a little funky. I can't really get a good read on it. But like in the endings overview, it says for all endings, you will need to see all endings. You can do chapter select. This is just a list to scratch off any ending you see. Don't try to do these, blah, blah, blah. But so the, the point being, there's a character name. I'm not going to say them in case it's a spoiler. But then there's like the different sort of endings that character can get. And this first character has seven endings. Then the second character has four. Third character has three. Fourth character has three. So if you can't like combine those, that's like 12 playthroughs. That's a lot. That's a fucking lot. And there's 50 <laughs> bronze trophies in this game. 50 bronze trophies. Are you joking me? <laughs> what are you doing? 50 bronze, two gold, four silver. Get out of here. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> I will say, in my first playthrough, I probably unlocked four or five of those endings. Okay, so it's not mutually, ex they're not exclusive. You can do, okay, got it. Got it. And with one character, I even got two endings, so that's where I was able to get like an additional ending. <clears throat> Interesting. So. Okay, that's not so bad then. Never mind. So, yeah. on the PlayStationTrophies.org website, <clears throat> the final step of the trophy got is to do that all endings trophy. And it says, with the exception of a few endings, you will only have to replay the game from the killer's place chapter onwards to see the rest of the endings. I don't know where that chapter falls, but I assume it's late in the game because they don't make it seem like it's a big deal. Okay, cool. Actually, that's not so bad then. Very nice. Yeah. yeah. And I, I won't say this 
now i'll probably bring it up in the next episode but we'll, we'll definitely talk about this whole killer thing without spoilers okay um, nice dude i was like what and there's like this whole studies thing and like you know you know people couldn't figure out who the killer was and like i was uh, <laughs> it's pretty wild dude that game is like what the hell what did you was your first playthrough blind did you go in completely blind i did i did go okay, in blind cool. nice Nice. It, it it's very deserving of a blind playthrough, and yeah, oh man, Heavy Rain. I'm definitely gonna be bringing this up. Hey, you never play Heavy Rain? Check it out, man. <laughs> I'm more open to these style of games now after Detroit and yeah. Until Dawn. So this one, it, it is interesting. It's already in my backlog, so might as well check it out. The other one that I am curious about is The Quarry, but uh, you spent 60 hours on that. <laughs> Daryl, so I don't know if I want to spend 60 hours on the quarry. <laughs> well, Colin, I have the quarry if you ever want to play it. It's I might. Always... <laughs> you got the PS5 version? I do, I do. I actually might want to borrow that from you. We'll see. Maybe we'll do a little <laughs> trade, bro. I'll trade you Demon Souls for that, okay? <laughs> All right, cool. We do the trade, and then we'll give our thoughts on it. Yeah, interesting. All right. Last game, uh, Dead Space. So I did pick up Dead Space. I played... Uh, just the first chapter. I haven't really dived too heavily into it because I really want to play Colossal Protocol because I bought that last year, day one. So I really want to wrap that up before I jump into Dead Space. But from what I did play, absolutely freaking good. It's uh, it's probably scarier than the OG version from what I remember. Oh, that's not good because I shit my pants playing that game. <laughs> <laughs> It's so scary, man. Like, I'm playing with headphones on, and, like, the third person should kind of, like, it shouldn't be as bad because, like, you can kind of see your surroundings a little bit better compared to the first person. But, like, you, you just see, like, the freaking arms, like, at the battle, like at the bottom of the screen when you're, like, engaged with another necromorph in front of you. That shit, like, makes you, like, change your chonies real fast. You're like, Whoa, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> dude so what i heard like sorry to cut you off but briefly what i remember about this game is that when you're fighting in the og when you're fighting some enemies you can fucking dollars to donuts guarantee you're gonna have enemies behind you that's what that's the trick right they want you to fight something in front of you and then they spawn something in events behind you and that just really reminds me of doom 3 which i don't know if either of you have played doom 3 recommend it really highly that is the trick in that game it's like i'm looking this way something is behind me that's like the whole like scare tactic, and that's like what they try to do. So, yeah, pretty interesting. Pretty interesting. Oh yeah, they they're heavily relying on that notion. Like, you know, we're gonna throw enemies at you, but we're gonna throw a little freaking stalker behind you who's just gonna like shit your pants. But yeah, awesome game. I'm definitely liking it. It's um, I mean, we're we're comparing a a TV show to a video game, but there's parts of the game of Dead Space remake that are different from the original. Yeah. And same thing with like The Last of Us. It's not a the TV show. It's not a complete copy of the game. There's certain aspects of that show that's different from the game. Yeah. And it's working for it. And the ch the minor changes I've seen in the Dead Space remake are freaking cool. It's like a brand new game, but like the additions they've added to the game are really cool. I like it. Um I'm hoping to get back into this game really really soon because i was really enjoying what i played and yeah dead space man I'm, all I'm, right i'm 
I first hope, or at least my first playthrough, is just to make it the uh, the plasma the plasma cutter run. Okay, so you're doing like normal plasma cutter, basically, like normal difficulty plasma only. Yeah. So the game only has medium and above. Okay. Pretty that's badass for for that game. Yeah, that's great, man. I am really curious about that game, and you know, I just I made a choice. I was like, you got Callisto coming out, you got Dead Space, and you got RE4 remake. They're all third port, third person four, right? And I was like, I'm just going to go Resident Evil. And so, I did. I, yeah, that's just the choice that I personally made. But I am really happy to hear that Dead Space is so good and people are loving it. And, yeah, that, that, that's awesome. That's, that's really, really cool. I'm excited to hear you talk more about that as you get through it. Yeah. So, hopefully, I'll have a few more Platinums to share with you on the next episode. Hell, yeah, man. Absolutely. It's going to be weird because uh, based on Backlog Picker, right, I'm going to be doing Last of Us PS4 version, like I said. Kind of the, I mean, I've talked about Last of Us Part 1, like, it's not a new game, so I'm not quite, I have to think about how I'm going to handle that discussion uh, when we get to our next What We've Been Playing. Maybe I'll focus more on the multiplayer side or something, but we'll see, we'll see. Very good, though, very good. We've all been playing quite a lot. I think it's, we've been busy, but I think we're all enjoying the games we're playing. We've got a lot of fun stuff, good varied amount of, or varied genres, I should say, of games, so... Yeah, very cool, very cool. <laughs> it's going from Last of Us Part 1 to SpongeBob platforming game. It's uh, two very different tones. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah um, cool. All right, well, very good, guys. Let's get into closing out the show. Let's go into our lightning round. Just to recap, this is where I come up with three questions at the end to ask us all. We put in our guesses, and uh, we score some points. So I'm going to read over the... The points last time with standings were two points for me, two points for Daryl, and two points for Slugger. So we're all tied, and here were the questions that we asked last time. First question, Hogwarts Legacy will score blank on Metacritic for PS5 on our recording date. So we had our guesses. Daryl guessed 79%, Slugger, you guessed 82%, and I guessed 83%. The answer is actually 85%. So. I'm happy that it's doing really well. I thought it was going to get slammed a little bit more because of the, you know, ties to the to the original creator and all that stuff. I'm glad it hasn't gotten that. But what I do want to ask you guys is, do you want to give points for the closest answer for these couple questions, or do you want to say if you don't get it exactly, it's no points? I will say the closest because yeah, the, the third question is going to be pretty difficult to get that spot on. So yeah, that's okay, my reasoning. So we'll do closest, and we'll keep that for these type of questions. That that will be the rule moving forward, okay? So that applies to everybody. So with that being said, I was the closest, so I get a point for that with 83%. I priced his right, you slugger. How do you feel about that? <laughs> That's whatever. I'll get you back. <laughs> All right, very good. So the second question, we unfortunately were not able to answer. The question was, Wild Hearts will score blank on its IGN review. I fucked up here. This game comes out on the 17th. I thought it was going to have its review already for some reason, but of course it wouldn't. It'll be coming out probably in the next few days. So we're going to skip that. We're not going to answer it this time, and we're just going to go to question number three. Our question was, will Dead Space, oh, Dead Space Remakes Platinum on PSM profiles will be blank at recording date. So I checked this right when we sat down to start recording. The answer, oh wait, first let's go to our answers. Daryl, you said it would be 2%. Slugger, you said 8%. And I said 6.23%, very specific. And the answer was 11.92%, which I got to say, I think that's pretty high given the difficulty trophies in that game, the plasma cutter only. I was a little bit surprised to see that. And that number is only going to go up. So 
that means it's points to Slugger for that one. Well done, sir. Thank you. Well done. Uh, so I obviously didn't know this, and I hate to keep rambling, but um, I guess the difficulty trophy is glitched right now. Like, if you die on the impossible mode or whatever they call it, and then it'll it forces you to continue playing from the hard difficulty. Yeah. I guess if you keep playing, it unlocks the trophy anyway. I heard that as well on Sacred Symbols. Yeah. So take advantage so people of that. Are, people are expecting it to get patched. So if you have this game installed, maybe set it to not auto-update. Yeah. Daryl, keep that in mind. Unless, I mean, you don't yeah. care. You're going to do it legit. You, what yeah. am I talking about? You'll you did Wolfenstein too. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> <laughs> okay. I whiffed on that question. I, I put my answers so low because I was thinking of the PSN, like, native percentage. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, well... Okay, well, in the future, you know, uh, there's a question similar to that that I'm going to ask you guys for this week. So it is PSM profiles is what I'm looking at for these. Um, okay, so that means the final points now. Colin, three points for myself. Daryl, you have two points. Slugger, you have three. So going into our questions now for next time. Are you guys ready? Yep. Yeah. All right, let me go on the dock right here and just real quick, uh, I got to set up our... Our answers thing. Sorry about that, guys. Should have done this ahead of time. All right, so let's get into it. First question. Like a dragon, Ishin, we talked about that earlier in the show, will score blank on its GameSpot review. Okay, now this game will be out and reviewed for sure by the next time we talk, so this will, this will be scored. This is GameSpot, though, not IGN. A little bit of a different outlet. Daryl, what do you think it scores? Did they do a 1 to 10... They do. They do. Okay, let's see. Do they do half a point in there? Like like a 8.5, something like that? Or they have it... a half point scale. They do. Okay, so they got that. Uh, let's see, let's see. Uh, I'll do it. Okay, we'll do it. 8.5. 8.5. Right on. Slugger, what about you? What do you think? Mm. I was going to say 8. I'll stick with my gut. 8. Very good. I'm going to say 7 going low i don't know why i think it's going to be a good game but i just you know just uh we're, we're gonna switch it up <laughs> okay very good question number two so yes or no this one we should probably all get points on and maybe you can research it ahead of time real quick i don't know atomic heart will run at a consistent 60 fps on ps5 yes or no i'm gonna say yes uh, yeah. okay slugger you're gonna say yes is that like i don't know if they have different performance modes fidelity modes are we assuming just one of the modes will run exactly yep one of okay. their modes so slugger you said I'm yes say, Go ahead. i'm gonna say yes too i think that should be like the standard at this point you would think you would think uh i i am also gonna put yes all right so what do we do if digital foundry does a video and they're like "Ooh, it frame dips down to like 45 and so then, combat scenes. So Is then that, it doesn't. No, like it. So for me, okay, it's like cool. it's 60 at all parts of the game. Dungeons, okay. overworld, combat. And if it dips to like 58 every once in a while, I'm not, you know, whatever. If that's the finding, I don't care. But if they're, if, you know, if it comes out, it's like, hey, in the dungeons, it goes down to 40, you know, or something like that. Then it's like, all right, well, yeah. nope, <clears throat> it doesn't. Okay, cool. All right. And last but not least, guys, similar question to the one about Dead Space. <clears throat> Hogwarts Legacy's Platinum on PSM profiles will be blank at the next recording date for the PS5 version. Of course, PS4 version's not out right now until April, so kind of superfluous, but I want it to be exact. So 
Daryl, let's go to you first. What will the platinum percentage be on PSN profiles for Hogwarts Legacy? PSN profiles. Um, sounds like a long game, so I don't think it'd be too high. It'll have been out a couple weeks at that point, you know, because Skrillis played it early for because he got that particular version, but most people are just starting to play it the last couple days. So I don't want to shoot too high. Uh, let's say fifteen percent. Okay, fifteen percent. Right on, Slugger. What about you? That's bold. I was thinking way lower. I was thinking like five percent. Five percent. Okay, and I'm gonna split the difference, and I'm gonna go eight point six three percent. Uh, yeah, bastard. Well, that's that's kind of what I'm feeling. I think it's people are gonna like the game and they're gonna platinum it. Like people who trophy hunt and, and get the game are gonna platinum it, but because it's longer, I just don't know if it'll be quite up to that fifteen percent yet. But we'll see. We'll see. You're you're the yeah. kind of guy that's gonna be like, oh, a five point one percent. Yep. <laughs> you're that kind of guy it's part of the game bro it's part of the game and if you look at those points i mean it's kind of working out for slugger and i three points each <laughs> daryl sitting at two i'm coming back <laughs> oh man all right very good we'll we'll get the scores updated next time with our answers and with that we are going to close up shop but before we do daryl where can people find you at you can find me on discord psn profiles and on playstation native at the tall simone guy Yes, sir. And Slugger, where can people find you? PSM Profiles, Discord, and the PlayStation app at SluggerJD. Yes, sir. And you can find me on the PlayStation app, PSM Profiles, YouTube, Xbox app, all CK present. Thank you all very much for listening to episode 78 of the show. We hope you have enjoyed it. Another long episode for everybody. We'll be back in a couple weeks' time with some trophy list reviews for episode 79. But until then, take care, happy gaming, and goodbye.